When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Good morning, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and environs all over the globe listening on the 77 WABC app out on Eastern Long Island, New York, uh, excuse me, News Talk 107.1 FM out in Eastern Long Island, Hamptons, and Points East. And you can watch us, of course, on WABCradio.tv, on your smart TVs, on your computers. It's a very, very interesting watch, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, uh, today, Wednesday, February 23rd, hump day. Hump day, baby. And, uh, listen, in less than a week, Sid, this will interest you, uh, less than a week, it's March. March 1st is Tuesday. How do you like that? I like three that a lot. Of, I wish there was uh, spring training well, baseball going on right now. That would really really make me feel like spring is on the way. The baseball lockout is actually bothering me, but I like that a lot. Today, temperatures mid-60s. We'll get a bit of a tease. We'll go drop 30 degrees again tomorrow. But March, Bernard, sounds very, very good to me. Well, let me reassure you. Uh, the uh, baseball season will start maybe a nanosecond later than it otherwise would when push comes to shove and people start losing money. Uh, they will all of a sudden say, you know what? I got enough. Let's do this. Uh, I, I'll say that. I'll predict that. But then again, I predicted that Snoop Dogg would be banned from the uh, halftime Super Bowl show. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> well, uh, for whatever it's worth, Christopher Mad Dog Russo was on this show on Friday. He agrees with you. He does seem to think, even though yesterday the, the labor negotiations went nowhere for baseball, he does seem to think sometime in the next seven to ten days they will resolve the issue and we will get baseball in early April. So if Dog agrees with you, Bernard, you're in pretty good company. I like that. You know, I actually spoke to Mike Francesa yesterday, too. How about that? Did you really? I did. He's down in Florida for the next 10 days vacationing, and when he gets back, he's going to come on the show. That's what he said yesterday. I said, we had Dog on last week. We'd love to get you. He said, I'm in Florida for 10 days. I'll be back. Call me, and I think I'll come on. So Dog last week looks like Mike Francesa sometime in the next two weeks. Uh, Let me uh, try to uh, imagine how the conversation went towards the end. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll come on in two weeks. I'll come on in two weeks. And boom, he hangs up and uh, without saying goodbye. Basically, no, no, no he, actually, he actually said thank you. I said enjoy the warm weather, enjoy your stay in Florida, and he did say thank you. Listen, he's a good guy. Uh, we kid, we jest, we poked fun at him for years and years. But it, uh, underneath it all, he is a very, very good guy. By the way, 
an alumnus uh, like my children of uh, Long Beach Catholic School here in, uh, well, out here on Long Island. Anyway, that's Mike uh, Francesca, as a lot of people call him. And uh, look, three weeks in a day to St. Patrick's Day. And uh, as we, uh, you know, the waning days of Black History Month are, are here. And, and for Black History Month, you know what I did? I watched, and I said this when he passed away about a month ago, uh, Sidney Poitier. He won a, an Oscar for one movie, one movie alone. And it was a movie that was shot in two weeks uh, with about, uh, you know, $5,000 budget. It's called Lilies of the Field. And it was terrific. And uh, Sidney Portier, a great man, a great humble guy. Not just, won, enjoyed- not just won the Oscar, but he's the first African-American person to ever win an Oscar. And I always thought it was for the, in the heat of the night, but it wasn't. It was for the movie nope. we're talking about right now. But he was the first to do it. Yeah, the movie I never heard of until uh, he passed away. And I said, i got to check this out. And it is so such a charming, such a nice movie. And it captures the, uh, well, the personality, I would say, of uh, Sidney Portier and a bunch of German nuns. Uh, so anyway, check that out. And, of course, we're experiencing uh, right now, it's not called Indian summer. Technically, this early warmth that we're experiencing, it's called, and I know probably a lot of people don't know this, it's called Eskimo summer. And, uh, you know, it's been great. It's fantastic. We're going to go, I think tomorrow it's going to be back down into the 30s. But we'll take it uh, while we can. Did you get any sun, any tan yesterday? No, it wasn't nice. It was uh, more cloudy. In fact, when I walked to the gym, Bernie, at about 2.30 yesterday afternoon, it was raining, rainy, I should say, windy, and I was cold. Uh, I was wearing a sweatshirt. So yesterday was not a very, very nice day. Hopefully today, closer to 65 and sunny. But again, it's going to drop 30 degrees by tomorrow. So I I don't get excited about one day. If you give me three or four days in succession, then I'm like, okay, here we go. But one day in the 60s, the next four days in the 30s, no good. No good. No. no. Well, you know what? I didn't even realize. I slept through uh, the afternoon. Yeah, so I it was didn't all rainy. It was rainy and cold and really actually raw and miserable. Bro, bro, validating my, uh, my, uh, my slumber time. It was a good time to go <laughs> to sleep. Time to sleep. The yes. hell out of here. <laughs> now, you ain't missing nothing, bro. You ain't missing nothing. Listen, we're going to speak to Congressman Peter King this morning at 740. The, uh, the, the vaunted, the great statesman from Long Island, Peter King, a great guy. Our friend, and he's tweeting, uh, you know, left and right about how he's coming on the show. I just love this guy, Congressman Peter King. We'll also speak to a dude. He's a gossip columnist. What happened? His name is uh, Rob Shooter, and I believe he's a friend of yours, Sidney. And and, and correct me if I'm wrong. He happens to be uh, he happens to be gay, right? He's very gay. Uh, He writes a column called the Naughty Gossip Columnist. He's very, very famous in those circles, you know, those shows, Mario Lopez and all those folks. He's always on those shows. But it's funny how I met him, Bernard, was, you remember this, about two months ago, John Katsimatidis, the great John, held a lunch across the street for Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, of course, is running for state senate in the state of Pennsylvania. So me and John and Rudy and Chad and about 25 people, John's daughter, A.J., we all went across the street to Smith and Molenskis, and Dr. Oz was there, and he delivered this great speech during lunch, and he took questions. It was very, very nice, and Rob Shooter was there because, as it turns out, Rob Shooter is very close friends with Dr. Oz. And he walked up to me, and he said, I got to tell you, I'm a huge fan of yours and Bernie. I listened in the morning. I said, no, you don't. Stop. Maybe you think I'm cute, <laughs> but there's no way you nah. listen. 
Turns out he's a huge fan of the show. He's a conservative, but he is gay. He does have Democrat friends, obviously. That's the business, celebrity entertainment. He doesn't take it too personal. But he's a huge fan of both of ours, and he'll stop by at 840 this morning. He's a very entertaining guy. You know, and I, I understand the, uh, you know, the, sort of the knee-jerk uh, use of the word, but he is gay. Uh, but I don't think we have to do that anymore. Gays are very, very rational people. There's always been this... Uh, organization called the Log Log Cabin Republicans, and uh, they're mortified at what's going on these days. I mean, they hate the uh, transgender movement. They hate the whole, uh, all that nonsense. So he's falling, uh, you know, pretty much uh, predictably, uh, a smart guy, a gay guy, and, uh, you know, smart people tend to uh, f- flock to the party of common sense, which is the Republican Party at this point. And uh, speaking of which, uh, uh, yesterday, of course, the march towards war, this uh, this uh, idiocracy that's running the country right now uh, uh, under the leadership of the imbecile in chief, Joe Biden, they finally called uh, what's happening out in Russia and Ukraine an invasion, an invasion, they called it. They they, they hesitated for so, so long. Well, why would they, they call it that? Well, I mean, I know that he amassed troops in eastern Ukraine, Putin, a couple of days ago, Bernard, but... In other words, if you're trying to make sure there's no real invasion, people aren't dying on the ground, once you impose sanctions, correct me if I'm wrong, once you impose sanctions, now Putin's got nothing to lose. So, yes, he amassed more troops, and they moved toward that eastern part of Ukraine, but they weren't killing people in the streets. Now, with these sanctions, if I'm Putin, I go nuts today. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. What do you have to lose? Nothing. Not a damn thing. And, uh, yeah, the sanctions are really, they'll be rolled back as soon as soon, really, as, uh, you know, the, the, the reality sets in and they start negotiating and uh, Putin gives up this and he gives up that after he takes so much and all that stuff. And uh, But anyway, uh, speaking of which, the uh, feeble uh, Joe Biden yesterday talking about Russian aggression, it's just really, really, I mean, once again, and, and it's, it's at the risk of repetition, but this was him yesterday talking about Russian aggression. This is our commander-in-chief Play cut one, please, Justin Ellick. And if Russia goes further with this invasion, we stand prepared to go further as with sanctions. Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare new so-called countries on territory that belong to his neighbors? Yesterday, the world heard clearly the full extent of Vladimir Putin's twisted rewrite of history. Going back more than a century, as he waxed eloquently. Oh, he was eloquent. Noting that, well, I'm not going to go into it, but nothing in Putin's remarks indicate any interest in pursuing real dialogue on European security in the year 2022. What a fool. You can hear Putin laughing from uh, wherever you are. I hear him in my ears right now. And uh, to add insult to injury, this was... uh, Biden said this repeatedly, repeatedly during the campaign about how I'm going to stand up to Putin and he's not going to bully me around. Uh, play cut to. Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand yeah. up to him. Nah, saying, nah, saying, going to stand up to him. He ain't going to do it to me. Saying, nah, let him try, let him try. Well. What's he doing? He's doing it all. Chuck Todd asked the right question. Why did he wait till now? Because you got you, you stupid old uh, fool, you idiot, Joe you race baiting, you race baiting loser. 
That's why he's doing it now, because he, he smells weakness. You don't instill fear. You and Kamala don't instill any fear or respect in this guy. Not None whatsoever. President Trump did, and he just sat there and did squat, and now he's got you, and uh, this is uh, the result. This is the damn result. It's pretty sickening, but uh, that's the way it is. And, of course, uh, you know, I still maintain what happened in Canada and what's happening in Canada is way more important than what's happening halfway around the globe at the Russian-Ukraine border. What happened, we saw the descent into tyranny of our neighbor, our once polite, nice neighbor, really cracking down. I don't know if you saw those horses trampling old ladies and uh, police actually bragging about it. I think you have a clip of some of the police saying how awesome it was that the, the horses were trampling on uh, these old ladies, et cetera, et cetera. They're freezing bank accounts, and uh, I mean, which is really, really terrifying, setting, setting almost a, a, a model for what they can do in the United States. Nobody in the United States is actually criticizing them. They're all criticizing Putin, but nobody criticizing our neighbor to the north. And as I mentioned yesterday, you may see people starting to flock over the uh, the northern border. You have that clip of uh, the cop bragging about uh, how awesome it is that the, the horses were trampling uh, Justin Ellick? Uh, I don't believe I do. Maybe oh, I grabbed don't. it okay, yesterday, okay. but let me see. That is quite all right. And one last thing. Uh, this, uh, the, You know, they had the CPAC conference coming up this weekend, uh, Sid Rosenberg. Yes, I've been invited and, in Orlando to, uh, to go, but of course I'm not going, but yes. Uh, yeah, well, you know, and, and, and that's the difference between uh, these days and the old days. Uh, the Republicans have fun. It's like a party. It is, it is a blast to go to these things. They're laughing. They're mocking Democrats. It is a good time. And by the way, Mike Bloomberg wrote a column yesterday uh, in which he said that, the, uh, that the, uh, essentially the Democrats are headed for a wipeout. I think he used the word wipeout in November. They know that Tulsi Gabbard is actually going to appear at this particular Donald Trump, Tulsi Gabbard, going to appear at this uh, CPAC thing. She, of course, formerly uh, a Democrat, ran for president as a Democrat, Democrat congresswoman from the state of Hawaii. I don't know what her future is, but it's got, she's got to be switching parties. But one thing she did say about this, uh, because, again, the law of un- unintended consequences when you get into military conflicts, I mean, it's serious business. But she scared the hell out of me anyway yesterday when I she invoked, really, she invoked nuclear war. You have the, the threat of cyber warfare. You have, the, of course, the prospect of gas prices and heating oil prices increasing further in, in addition to what Joe Biden did. And what he can do, by the way, and he expressed concern yesterday about, you know, mitigating the uh, rise in these prices. The way, one way to mitigate it, uh, uh, imbecile, is to re-implement the Keystone Pipeline and start pumping oil and gas on these federal lands that you stopped. You can do that. But anyway, listen to Kamala Harris talking about the prospect, maybe, of nuclear war. Excuse me, not Kamala Harris. This is Tulsi Gabbard. This is Cut 9. Play that. You think Russia's not going to respond? You think Putin's not going to respond? He will respond. And it's likely he'll retaliate using cyber attacks on our financial systems, our communication systems, uh, on our basic infrastructure. Biden will then be forced to respond. Putin will then be forced to respond. So we end up in this endless tit for tat that leads us where to to this looming threat and likelihood of this thing going nuclear. And again, 
This is the reality that we all need to understand is true, is that whether it's, it is intentional or unintentional, when you have two great nuclear armed countries at this point of escalation, and then if there is a nuclear attack, the power elite, these people are going to go hide in their bunkers. They'll, they'll have their shelter. They'll have their food and water and ev everything that they need. You and I and the American people, we will be left out to deal with the consequences, to suffer and deal with that destruction and death that will come as a result. I mean, if that's not terrifying, that's scary. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, we, scary. we, we, not them. We will pay the, uh, the yeah. increased gas and uh, home heating oil prices. We will suffer under all of that stuff, and we will suffer. We will be crawling around with the cockroaches in the wake of a nuclear attack because, of course, Russia is a nuclear power. Uh, they, as she pointed out, they'll be in their nice little safe bunkers. So it's us that paid a price for these people's irresponsibility, for their wagging the dog, for their distracting, uh, you know, policies regarding Russia and the Ukraine. And never forget, the Biden family made millions and millions of dollars, not just from the country of Ukraine, the corrupt, non-democratic country of Ukraine, but also from Russia. So Joe Biden is compromised. The whole thing stinks, and it's, it should scare the hell out of you. We should get the hell out of there quickly. No national security interest. Maybe Peter King can edify me on what our national security interest is in that region, why we're so, so, so involved in a country that's, that does not belong to NATO, which is Ukraine, and uh, historically part of Russia for years and years, for centuries, as a matter of fact. On the Bernie and Sitcher, one 800 Again, Congressman Peter King, we have gossip columnists, and this guy really is a lot of fun. I remember him being on the show before. Rob Schur, uh, 1-800-848-9222 on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're coming right back. Make this louder. Hey there, lonely girl. <laughs> Not right. What's the matter with you? We have news on uh, Wendy Williams. We'll get to that uh, later on in today's show. Rob Shooter, the naughty gossip, uh, gossip columnist that uh, will join me and Bernie coming up at 840, has some, um, has some breaking news. It is shocking, actually. I haven't seen this anyplace else. But according to Rob... Yesterday, or, or sometime very, very soon, the uh, one of the real successful Real Housewife franchises has been canceled. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so he's got the latest on that. Also the latest on Queen Elizabeth, because there's lots of rumors going on in England that she's dead. She's dead. Oh, and, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, she's very, very sick, but she's not dead. So we've got a whole bunch of stuff to get to with Rob Shooter uh, coming up at, uh, at 840. Can I just say this? Uh, sure. It was, uh, it was Camilla and Charles who first, they, they were tested positive about a week and a half ago. And, of course, you know, Charles is very, very, very impatient. <laughs> he wants to become king. And the only way he can do that is if, uh, you know. She dies. Old uh, mom uh, <laughs> you know, kicks the bucket. And <laughs> right. so uh, I'm casting suspicion on both uh, Camilla and the other weasel, uh, 
Charles, who is who's a complete and total. Uh, I, I can't stand that guy, Charles. Uh, Nobody likes him. Name is. I wonder, do, no. does, do, do William and Harry like him? Oh, I know he's a, you know he's a father, but I don't know anybody that's ever said anything nice about Prince Charles. Ever. No, he's been a real, a complete and total low life. Uh, the way he treated Diana was terrible. I yeah. mean, I, I I hate the whole soap opera part of it. But uh, he, and he's just uh, he's just a nobody. He's got no charisma. He just looks like a self-indulgent, selfish pos. And then he ended up uh, marrying that uh, you know. Oh, she's disgusting. That, that, that she's disgusting. That, yeah, she's yeah. gross. She's one of the ugliest people. Uh, physically, one of the ugliest people I've ever seen, yeah. ever. And, and, and now they may be murderers. Yeah, they may be. Who knows? So uh, one of the names that's been floating around in this gubernatorial run, I have completely not paid attention. You haven't brought him up either, is uh, this guy, Harry Wilson. So day in and day out, Frank Morano says to me, Sid, don't sleep on Harry Wilson. I'm like, Z, 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 Z. Then I get an email from my friend Susan Brown Otto up in Bethel, New York. My mom lives up by Monticello. And she's like, don't sleep on Harry Wilson. I go, you're the second person to tell me that in the last week. So Harry Wilson ends up on Channel 5 yesterday. Now, again, we know the Republicans that have the best shot at winning that race. Lee Zel- not in any specific order here. Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, Rob Astorino. And yesterday we found out that the former governor, George Pataki, may in fact run again. But this guy, Harry Wilson, did announce yesterday on Channel 5 that he is running for governor. Now, he did work for President Obama's auto industry task force. He was part of that Treasury Department for Obama back in um, about 10 years ago. And then he did run for comptroller back in 2010. He won the Republican side but got beat by a Democrat. Anyway, here is Harry Wilson, Channel 5 last night, a name that people are telling me, at least, Bernard, you and I should not sleep on. The reason I am running for governor is that New York is badly broken and in desperate need of a turnaround. So the first thing is you always focus on what are our key priorities. So the key priorities have to be the things that matter the most to people across the state. Skyrocketing crime across all of our cities, the highest taxes in the country, um, a rapidly rising cost of living, school shutdowns, uh, and, of course, the corruption in Albany. And so my plan is a turnaround for New York with folks on each of those points. Politicians measure compassion by dollars, meaning we're going to spend X or Y, and whoever spends the most, therefore, is deemed the most compassionate. I, do, I measure compassion by results. If we deliver results for working people, then, then money is well spent. And if we don't, we should rethink it and reevaluate it and do something different. We have a lose-lose at Albany. Poor services for high costs. What we need is a win-win, high-quality services at a much lower cost. Well, there you have it. One thing uh, this guy also did, what, he was the, uh, the president of the Harvard Republican Club. And back in 1991, he was very outspoken in his efforts to increase the club's appeal to women with a big tent approach. So it seems like he may actually be um, somewhat appetizing to both genders uh, in this race. Look, I'm still sleeping on him. Harry Wilson, you know, AP, I, 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 those, those other three guys. But what about you? Excuse me, are we back on the air? I fell asleep <laughs> exactly. while he was talking. Exactly. Uh, Harry Wilson, give me a break. Uh, first of all, he sounds completely boring. And uh, you need name recognition, A. Uh, all three other candidates, and f- potentially four, Pataki, Astorino, Giuliani, Zeldin, they have some re- name recognition. Who, have, who the hell ever heard of Harry Wilson? Not me. Name recognition is, 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 is my, my, it's huge in, when you're running for office. And he's got none of that. So... Uh, 
Yeah, I'm sleeping on them right now. The field is already too crowded. We don't need another one. Let's focus on, uh, you know, defeating Hochul with one of the people we have right now. This guy, didn't, he didn't impress me whatsoever. The parts that I heard before I fell asleep. Uh, so uh, I agree. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sleeping on him Me right too. now, just like you. Sir. Me too. So uh, thank you, Frank Morano. Thank you, Susan Otto. But uh, he doesn't have a shot in hell. All right, we got a lot more to cover today. Obviously, two great guests. All the uh, all the news, including lefty Phil Mickelson. He's in all kinds of trouble. And Rory McIlroy opened up a can of whoop ass on Phil Mickelson. You're not gonna want to miss. But first, at 30 after the hour, we got some work to do, Bernard. We do, Sydney. Traffic and sports is coming up next. Right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Judge Janine Tunnel to Tower Show every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Here the judge talks about Democrats. Here's the bottom line, folks. The, the Democrats don't know what to do. They know they're in a pickle. They know the public understands that they're not interested in fighting crime. They're not interested in fighting on behalf of the victim. The only thing that the Democrats are interested in is power and winning. The fact that people are bleeding along their path to power is irrelevant to them. It's collateral damage to them. They have no concern. And so they come up with excuse after excuse. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Sorry, Luke. It's dropping on Neil Rogers. Oi, right in the middle of a very important traffic report early in the morning. I just, uh, why did you do that, uh, Justin? Because uh, you told me to. Okay. Islanders won last night. They beat the Kraken by a final score of a 5-2. to two. What would he get? Zach Parisi scored twice for the Isles. Also added an assist. But it was Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson who opened the scoring with his third goal in as many games. This is courtesy of ESPN. Palaki will send it in along the half wall now on the far side. Nelson takes the shot and scores! Brock Nelson with his team leading 18th of the season has made it one nothing. New York. Islanders are still one game under 500. They'll try to get even tomorrow night when they take on the Sharks in San Jose. As for the Rangers and the Devil, they're both in action tomorrow night. The Rangers will face the Capitals at Madison Square Garden. The Devils are in Pittsburgh taking on the Penguins. NBA, the Nets are back at it tomorrow night. They will host the Boston Celtics in Brooklyn. The Knickerbockers back on the court Friday night. Madison Square Garden, they will host the Miami Heat. And finally, the Yankees have announced they will retire Paul O'Neill's number 21 coming up on August the 21st against Toronto. That's all great, but I got a question for you. What about Roy White? Roy White, two-time All-Star, two-time champion for many years. Folks only watch the Yankees to see Bobby Mercer and Roy White play baseball. Guy spent 15 years with the Yankees. He gets nothing. I want to talk more about that later on in the show. Congrats to Paul O'Neill, but what about Roy White? Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day, PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers with sports. I'm Sid.
Thank you, and the Bernie and Sid Show heard everywhere on that 77 WABCF simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart TVs, your computers, WABCRadio.tv. And, uh, yeah, it, it is uh, Wednesday, February 23rd. And just to keep the optimism out there, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yeah, next week is March. March. We're only three weeks away from St. Patrick's Day, for God's sakes. Things are looking up. Temperatures, uh, you know, up in the 60s, although it will get cold again. We're going to speak to Congressman Peter King next hour. We're going to speak to uh, a really fun gossip columnist, this guy, Rob Shooter. He really is a lot of fun uh, in the 8 o'clock hour as well. And uh, we're going to cover everything else. Listen, one of the things I mentioned is, uh, of course, uh, I, I really hate every time you turn the TV on, if you're trying to do some, uh, you know, show prep or whatever the hell it is, Go to these news channels. It's all Russia and Ukraine all the time. I couldn't care less about the whole damn thing. Could not care less. Honestly, it's a big, big total distraction. It's a waste of time. You got a bunch of children, you know, a conga line of uh, incompetent losers out there in uh, Germany just trying to act like adults, like, like they're like you know, the, 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 the committee or whatever the hell it is, the, 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 led by Dwight Eisenhower to invade Normandy or something. And these morons are just a bunch of woke idiots playing adult, and it's embarrassing, and, and the whole world is laughing at us. But again, I mentioned earlier that uh, what's happening in Canada is of much more concern, really, to us, our, that our neighbor has descended into an authoritarian state where they're freezing bank accounts, which is a terrifying prospect, and they're not getting criticized here in this country. They're criticizing Putin halfway around the world, but nobody will say squat about this uh, this little black-faced man-child up there in Canada and what he's doing. And by the way, there's a lot of backlash going on up there as well uh, amongst people uh, quietly. So uh, I don't know when their next election is. But here's one Canadian prime, uh, excuse me, uh, a member of parliament, a Canadian member of parliament. And this is all about, uh, regarding the trucker's convoy. Just to give you an idea of how sick and crazy some of these people have gotten up there, listen to what she said about truckers honking horns. Uh, this Canadian uh, member of parliament. Take a listen. How many guns need to be seized? How much vitriol do we have to see of honk honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? Hail Hitler. How do you like that? It's just unbelievable how they just invoke that name like it's nothing, like it's absolutely nothing, like Hitler was just some guy, you know? Yeah, just uh, right. Very casually make these analogies. Well, these are the uh, same people just, you know, I know you're talking about Canada right now. We'll stick with Canada. But they're the same people that are accusing Donald Trump of praising Vladimir Putin. Uh, MSNBC started their show this morning by stating that all we do is uh, Mike Pompeo bows to the altar of Vladimir Putin. So these are the same people, the folks that uh, accuse people like Trump and Pompeo of that nonsensical Russian hoax, the same people that just throw Hitler's name out there at the drop of a dime. And these are the same people talking about what's going on up in Canada, a bunch of horrible people. And everything, of course, they uh, they, they accused and said Trump would become, uh, you know, a dictator. This guy, Justin Trudeau, is exactly the epitome of what they said Trump would be. I mean, it really, uh, and, and they just ignore it, and they actually sanction it. They're 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 glad, and uh, essentially they're going to they're, they're rooting for that to happen here is what they're doing. You saw it in the in the wake of January sixth, they pulled a lot of that crap, which uh, 
you know, people who trespass are still in jail six months later, for God's sakes. I mean, six months, excuse me, a year later. Way more than a year later, as a matter of fact. But, uh, yeah, back to the uh, distraction that is the Russian uh, the Russian-Ukraine nonsense, the crap that's going on there that we're supposed to be so concerned about. Again, no national American national security interest involved in this. I understand you, you can't have a guy just grabbing countries up, but uh, Ukraine is not a democracy. It's not a member of NATO. It's historically part of Russia. It's just a civil war. We said that a million times, but the people that they put over there to, uh, you know, to try to resolve all this, Again, just a, 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 a conga line of, uh, of of just nobodies, nobodies, people who slept their way to the top of politics. Oh, who am I talking about? Kamala Harris. This was her How yesterday. How dare he? Yeah, this was her yesterday. This 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 embarrassment. Uh, take a listen to her again. Once again, Kamala Harris from yesterday. I mean, listen, guys. We're talking about the potential for war in Europe. Really. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. Oh, wow. We didn't realize that. And by the way, she repeated the mistake, 70 years. 70 years. Are you kidding me? It's been what, 1990 since the wall came down? What is that? That's uh, to me. That's thirty years. Before that, you had a war in Yugoslavia, Serbia. You had all kinds of violence. I mean, she just got it wrong. They're all laughing, but the reason they put her out there was uh, for political reasons, as my girl Tulsi Gabbard pointed out. This woman, uh, man, she's got a future. She's so smart. Uh, anyway, listen to her, Tulsi Gabbard. It's clear that she was sent there uh, to be the voice of the United States as a purely political calculation. She has no foreign policy background, no foreign policy understanding. She has no concept of the cost of war, nor does she have the temper temperament necessary to be the voice of the United States on the global stage. So it, it's embarrassing to see this play out. Embarrassing. That's exactly the point. That, uh, is, that she, is what she is. She's been embarrassing since day one. I actually heard somebody on television, Bernie, just last week extolling her virtues and talking about how beautiful it is that this is Black History Month. It may have even been uh, Errol Lewis, that jackass, that this Black History Month, we celebrate a black woman as vice president. She is the worst vice president in the history of that office, but nobody cares because she's black and she's a woman and she got it. And, and that's, that is one of the huge issues, of course, in our country today. It's not based upon... Whether she's good at it or not, it's what she looks like. She is, I think, without question, the worst VP in the history of our country. Oh, no question about it. But she is attached to the hip of uh, the old imbecile, and people are noticing the price of gas. They're noticing the price of uh, a loaf of bread in the stores, and they know who's running the country, and they're making that connection. They're not necessarily politically engaged, but they're they're not uh, so stupid as to not be able to make that uh, connection. They're not so stupid in that they would never vote for Joe Biden again. I don't think he'll run again anyway. He'll be 82 years old, and he's had the worst presidency ever. They won't vote for him. They won't vote for her. But where they are still stupid, Bernie, is I still, a lot of my friends and family are Democrats. I know it's anecdotal, and they will still never, ever, ever vote Republican. They wouldn't even consider voting for Donald Trump if he runs in 2024. So let's not get confused. Democrats are aware that Biden and Harris are no good, but 
they're not turning over a new leaf just yet from what I see and saying, hey, I'm becoming a Republican today. Well, I will stay clear-eyed as to your uh, suggestion and your advice. I'll stay very, very clear-eyed. And I will point to the uh, assistant uh, DA out in San Francisco, very liberal, who is sick and tired of the uh, woke tards that she worked for. And I, I would point to her, a very, very smart black lady, and I would say that there are a lot of people like her as well. I hope so. Uh, she's anecdotal, of course. She's one person. But I would say there are a lot more than her. At least I hope so. And uh, speaking of the old imbecile yesterday, he talked again just as uh, the, the bimbo did about uh, we're going to have to pay a price, rising gas prices because of this Ukraine-Russia nonsense. Listen to this idiot yesterday, uh, Joe Biden. Take a listen. Cut three. Defending freedom will have cost for us as well and here at home. We need to be honest about that. But as we will do, but as we do this, I'm going to take robust action to make sure the pain of our sanctions is targeted at the Russian economy, not ours. Yeah. So, 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 Sid, you can answer this question. Uh, He's so concerned about rising gas prices and home heating uh, oil. What can he do, really? What, what, what tangible steps can he do to mitigate, to, 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 to slow the rise of the, the rise of gas prices and home heating oil? What can he do right now, today? What could Joe Biden do if he's serious about slowing the rise of these uh, prices? Two words, Keystone Pipeline. Bingo. Keystone Pipeline and, uh, and, and stop the ban on leasing uh, on, on federal lands, uh, oil and gas uh, uh, leases. Stop that ban. Allow us to expand our energy sector, and we will take a lot, a lot. Of, we will have a lot more leverage over this uh, this, uh, this uh, Vladimir Putin, this uh, whoever, a dictator, whatever the hell he is, whatever you want to call him. He's not a nice guy. I realize that. But still, uh, that's he, what he's he can not do. A nice and guy, he's, not he, going... he's an effective leader. He is a much more effective leader than our president. I'll tell you that. I'll say it right now. He may kill people in the streets. I would want to run our country. But he's a much more effective leader than Joe Biden. Uh, no question about that. And one last thing about Joe Biden. I mentioned, uh, of course, the the money they made in Russia and the Ukraine. It's very, very suspect. I think this guy is compromised. Uh, Hunter made millions for the family in Ukraine. Also in Russia, millions of dollars, both of them. It's very, very suspect. It really is. And uh, just to remind you, this was uh, the smug uh, imbecile a couple of years ago uh, shaking down the country of Ukraine. Take a listen. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Never forget that, folks. He shook down the Ukrainian government so as to not have his son's company prosecuted. Uh, this guy is corrupt to the core. He's just a race-baiting old fool is what he is, and this whole thing is a wag-the-dog situation, and there's much more behind the scenes, I believe, to it, and it really is quite disgusting. Switching gears, uh, you know, yesterday they finally settled the uh, 
there was this uh, lawsuit be- with the Women's Soccer Federation yeah, versus yeah. the Men's Soccer Federation yep. that they weren't making enough money, blah, blah, blah. They settled it yesterday, I guess, to the satisfaction of the women because the, their leader, uh, this uh, pink-haired uh, putz, uh, Megan Rapino, she was on Good Morning America yesterday, and she seemed to uh, – correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I have to listen to this clip again. I'll listen to it with you folks. But whether or not she was happy with the settlement, uh, this uh, cop-hating uh, punk, Megan Rapinoe. Take a listen to her. You're finally getting recognition and compensation. So, Megan, what does this mean to you? Oh, it's a good day, Robin. It's a good day. I mean, I- I'm just so proud, to be honest. I'm so proud of, you know, all the hard work that all of us did to get us here. Obviously, the players on the team and the players this lawsuit represent and our extended team that has helped us. But it's a really amazing day. I think we're going to look back on this day and say this is the moment that, you know, U.S. soccer changed for the better. I mean, obviously, we can't go back and undo the injustices that we face, but the only justice coming out of this is that we know that something like this is never going to happen again, and we can move forward and making soccer the best uh, the best sport that we possibly can in this country and setting up the next generation so much better than we ever had it. So it's a, it's a great day. We're all super proud. Excuse me, I was uh, vomiting. No, yeah, she, I mean, she's but, clearly uh, happy, $24 million, and they make just as much as the men. In fact, uh, I've been uh, watching this story closely as well. That's uh, Rapinoe you got there, Bernard, and Julie Foudy, who's won two World Cup titles and uh, two gold medals. She also spoke about this yesterday, Rapinoe's teammate, and she had this to say. It's been a day that's long been coming, though, Dan, and... And, and it's nice to see, honestly, because it's been so much work for so many different generations. I mean, back in our day, we were fighting for equitable pay. And now this team, as they should have been, we're fighting for equal pay. Um, and now, honestly, you can take all the energy that was expended on that fight, which can be very draining for both sides and all sides, uh, and push it to growing the game and playing soccer and talking about football and, and all the things we want to be doing. Um, but it is a, it is a great day for, for the women, for sure. So getting back to what you asked, is she happy? It's, it's funny because you pulled a cut from Rapinoe. I pulled a cut from Foudy. And in the end, they were both very similar, Bernard, in that, yes, they admitted it's a great day for women. They get the same pay as men, which they should get, by the way. The women's team wins a lot more than the men do, a lot more. They get the $24 million, but you can tell that both of them are still kind of caught up in what's happened in the past rather than looking towards the future. I think you, you, you kind of said that when you asked the question, is Megan happy? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, but do they, I mean, it's just uh, similar to uh, women's tennis you know, they play, play in the finals, they play three sets versus right. uh, the men play five sets. Right. right. And uh, do they actually get uh, garner more ratings than the men? Do they I, I believe they do, do. I believe they do garner more ratings. They're certainly a lot more successful. I mean, you can go back to the Mia Ham teams that had great success. Han Solo, uh, Han Solo, excuse me, Hope Solo. Now you got uh, these ladies who are doing a very, very good job. I mean, you'll be hard pressed, most non big soccer fans, to name three or four men's soccer players. But you and I can sit down and name ten women, even Brandy Chastain dating way back right, when, yeah. when she pulled her, her shirt, shirt off. off. Yeah. So I, in this case, I really believe, in this case, that they deserve it. They should get paid the same as men, if not more, if not more. But I don't believe that should be the case in every sport. She's still a uh, vile wretch. But, uh, oh, okay. agreed, agreed. I'll take, you, <laughs> take your word for it, Sid Rosenberg. Next hour, of course, Congressman Peter King and then, the really fun gossip columnist, his name is Rob Shooter, 
in the 8 o'clock hour. And much more on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're coming right back. And uh, we've got, but it's a terrible job of putting down the music. What were you doing there? You weren't paying attention. What were you doing? What are you talking about? What were you doing? You, you just put down the music without gradually bringing it down. You were doing something on the computer. Weren't paying no, attention. because something happens now with this speaker in the corner. Oh, whatever, that whatever. Sometimes you, you, when you, I play you gotta, music, you it... pay attention. Don't don't <laughs> make me go Greg Kelly, Mike Ladino on your ass. I was paying attention. It's really because this, it drowns out my uh, oh, okay. my peripheral sure. uh, hearing. Right. Seven forty, Congressman Peter King will be here. Eight forty, the gossip columnist, the naughty gossip columnist. Rob, uh, Rob Shooter. So, well, like Bernie was saying last hour, I, I, you know, I, I don't really watch any of it. The Ukraine Russia stuff. He does. It's, it's part of his job. It's part of mine too. I, watch I very hate little. it. I, I hate it. It's I so tedious. I can't do it. I almost even watched uh, Dolores and Michael Rappaport in the clubhouse last night, but uh, wasn't that bored. But uh, what I did <laughs> do was, I was on my Facebook page yesterday, and there's a guy named Murray Bauer, and uh, Murray Bauer, I guess Bernie is a good friend of John Katz and Matidis. I've never met him. But uh, people really like the guy, and he puts on my Facebook page this whole long rant about Paul O'Neill. So Paul O'Neill, of course, spent eight years with the Cincinnati Reds, was part of that 1990 Lou Pinella Cincinnati Red team that won the World Series. They beat the Bash Brothers, the Oakland A's, and then he went to the New York Yankees and spent the better part of a decade with the Yanks. He won four World Series. And, of course, uh, adding to all of that, he stayed in New York, Paul O'Neill. He's a super guy, great guy. love him, his wife. See him all the time down in Florida. He uh, stayed with, uh, in New York, and he's been part of that Yes Network from day one, one of the baseball analysts. So he played for the Yankees. He won four World Series here, and then he's been part of the TV broadcast. So I am perfectly right. okay with Paul O'Neill getting his number retired, Bernard, as a New York Yankee. He does a great job with uh, Michael Kay, does he not? He does. He's part of that whole yeah. crew. Him and right, the other right, guys, right. that Ken Singleton for a couple of years, David Cohn, all these guys. And by the way, his younger brother, of course, uh, shot That's Osama right. Bin Laden. And uh, <laughs> it's a wonderful family, really. <laughs> no relation, but uh, don't even spell it the same way. Shaq O'Neal, O-N-E-A-L, Paul O'Neill, O-N-E-I-L-L. But funny. Nevertheless, uh, uh, this what guy. What about Rob, Rob O'Neill? Oh, Rob O'Neill. They could be brothers, yes. So this guy, Murray Bauer, puts on my Facebook page, all good for, for uh, Paul O'Neill, but what about Roy White? And you know that I'm friendly with Roy White, and he's been on our show, Bernard, a couple of times. In fact, he's he was on man, last right? year for Black History Month. Exactly. I remember that. Yes. Good guy. Great guy. A uh, guy was an all-star back in the 70s when no one cared about the Yankees, Bernie, before those great 
you know, Chris Chambliss, Willie Randolph, Thurman Munson, Greg Nettles, Reggie Jackson teams. People only watch the Yankees for two guys, basically. And he made this point, Murray Bowery, he's right. Roy White and, uh, and Bobby Mercer. That was it. And then, of course, Roy played an integral part on those Yankee teams. They went on to beat the Dodgers in 1977 and 1978 to win the World Series. Well, poor Roy White can't get his number retired. He's never even, you ready for this? He's never even thrown out the ceremonial first pitch at Yankee Stadium. So while they're retiring all these numbers up the kazoo, how about Roy White? So I am making a plea right now to Randy Levine, another guy who's a friend of mine, been on this show, as you know, Bernard, very, very close with John Katsimatidis. Mm-hmm. Roy White is 78 years old. Give the guy his day. Two-time All-Star, won two World Series, all good for Paul O'Neill, who spent half his career with the Reds. Roy White was only a Yankee. That was it. He went to Japan, of course, but how about giving Roy White his deserved day? Have him throw out the first pitch, retire his number. Let's get Roy White his big day at Yankee Stadium. You on board, Bernie? Uh, this is your systemic racism right there. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, the MLB, which bent over backwards for uh, a Black Lives Matter, I mean, uh, give a brother a break. Throw a, a, an, an aging brother, 78 years old. Right. I mean, let's do it while he's alive. Come on. He's a great guy. He never left New York. He loves the Yankees. And all kidding aside, Randy Levine is a super, super guy. I love Randy. And uh, he needs to give Roy White his day. So, Murray Bauer, excellent job on my Facebook page bringing that up when, in fact, the Yankees announced that August 21st against the Blue Jays, they'll retire number 21 for Paul Neal. Again, I'm all good with that. Paul's been a great Yankee, stayed here. Yes, network, fantastic. But there's no way you can give a guy who spent half his career in Ohio that day and not give it to Roy White. You just can't do it. No, not cool. All right, good. So me and Bernie are on the same page with that. Let's get it done. Another big announcement that Rob Shooter will talk about coming up at 840 made yesterday was that Wendy Williams is done. You know, we heard the last couple of weeks she resurfaced in a video in Miami with her son. She was looking good. There were some rumors she may come back. She's, she's had hosts fill in for her since she's been gone. Guys like Michael Rappaport, Leah Remini from the King of Queens. All these folks have filled in, and the thought was she would eventually come back. Well, as it turns out, we found out yesterday she will not be back. Her show is actually canceled, and Sherry Swapper instead will have her own show. Sherry Shepard. Oh, Sherry Shepard. That's right. Thank you, Bernard. Sherry Shepard. But as you remember, Bernard, I did uh, one time, and it was actually one of the highlights of my career, not close to working with I did one time appear on the Wendy Williams show. That was just last June. Wendy and I Uh, were starting to get close. Uh, You did appear, and... She became very friendly with you. I believe there was, uh, you know, a lot of give and take. I think she was enamored of uh, uh, you know, your looks and your muscles and all that stuff. Uh, but it was a one-way street, let's be clear, obviously. <laughs> it but was listen, a one-way street. The bottom line is this. Uh, this is terribly sad. I mean, she is, she is such a talent. I mean, we've had her on the show, as you point out. Remember she came in uh, yes. in studio back yes. uh, at Two Penn Plaza? And she is. She can sit there for like an hour or a half hour and just riff. And uh, obviously, she suffered some sort of uh, mental breakdown, and she's. It's got to be really bad if they're just flat out canceling the show on her. I mean, so I, I really feel bad for her and hope the best for her. So do I. And you're right. You know, radio people are, are able to converse, in my opinion, 
better than TV people. I mean, TV people, you have the, uh, you have the, what do you call that there? The, um, oh, well, they write the teleprompter. Yes, thank you, the teleprompter. But radio folks, Wendy Williams made her bones on radio, and she was great on radio. Then you're right, she became this really, really good TV person, very, very talented, unafraid. Anyway, if you missed my one appearance on her show last June, and when uh, Bernie just talked about how she was kind of enamored with me, you're going to hear that when you listen to me with Wendy Williams on her TV show last June. Joining us is the host, and I happen the to host. listen to this show every morning, and to the point of disgust. <laughs> so, so because I don't agree with everything he says, but there's something charmingly insecure, really smart, and very lovable about, oh, it's the Bernie and Sid show, and this is Sidney Rosenberg. WABC Radio. Every time you talk, though, it's like, because I'm so used to hearing you, you realize that your voice and your delivery is hypnotizing. Uh-oh. Is it really? Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Radio, oh, yes. Wendy. Radio VR is so yeah. great. Thank you. It's so good. So Wendy's got a ring on. I'm not flirting with him. I'm oh. just telling him that I'm a fan. Okay. And I literally <laughs> called the show and said, look, there's this guy. And I've, I'm tired of just listening. I need to meet him. He needs to be part of Hot Talk panel. Let's mix it up. Here's where we agree. The relationship is over. It's all over. But I will say this. I'm not surprised by the lack of loyalty from Chloe because the truth is she's OJ's daughter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of play. Remember that for not anyway. Uh, there it was, uh, one of the ladies on the Hot Topics panel accusing Wendy Williams of flirting with me. But yeah, she was well, very, very nice. i got to tell you, she, she doesn't agree with anything, anything you or I say, and yet she woke up every morning, listened to this show, and enjoyed it. I wish there were more people like Wendy Williams who could disagree with people but still recognize the talent and enjoy the show for what it is. Right, and appreciate honest, uh, you know, uh, honest to flat-out uh, real talk. We don't couch it and we don't pull our punches. We're honest. I mean, we're fair. I think we're fair. And we call a spade a spade. But, uh, yeah, she appreciated that aspect of it, and which is why I like her even more. And, and, and again, coming from a, a radio person like herself, uh, that was high praise. It really was. It really was. And we wish Wendy Williams the best. And certainly we know about comebacks on this show. God knows I've had a ton of them. So hopefully, and I believe there will be a comeback in Wendy Williams' future if she wants it. Don't forget, she's made millions and millions of dollars. I think she just got a new contract, like last year. So she may not want it. She loves her son. He's down in Miami. She could uh, rest the rest of her life and relax. But if she wants it, I do hope there's one more comeback for Wendy Williams. And uh, one last story here. Well, maybe maybe you broke her heart. Maybe you're the <laughs> at, at fault here. Maybe you're the uh, you're the culprit. Well, well, come on, I don't want that. That's a lot of pressure on me, Bernard. Come on. Well, I know you're a married man, but uh, it depends on how you let her down. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, was it was it ruthless? Did you just ignore her? Yes, did, yes, I you, did. You did. So you're clearly responsible. I mean, uh, help you proud of yourself. Well, I did. Uh, you know, she did want me to hang out that day after the show and have some lunch and all that type of thing, and I. And I left. I left right away. So now that I think back to all of that. You, in fact, you, you ran out of the building. <laughs> well, you know the specifics, Bernard. So How I did, you doing? I did run out of the building like it was on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, best of luck to Wendy Williams. So Phil Mickelson, one of my favorite athletes in the world. I do love him. I do watch golf. I don't play golf. I hate playing it. But I do watch it. I love Tiger Woods. I did see last week that Tiger was complaining that the comeback from the car accident is taking longer than he expected. And I do love lefty. So uh, Mickelson, it turns out, uh, really makes a, a big blunder here. 
So <laughs> Saudi Arabia actually talked about having golf, uh, having these uh, pro golfers come to their country. And Phil Mickelson was like, let me tell you something. The PGA Tour here is basically a pain in the ass. And even though Saudi Arabia is guilty of throwing gays off the roofs and they kill Kagoshi and they do all these horrible things, they don't treat human beings correctly, I would still... I would still go play in Saudi Arabia because the PGA Tour doesn't treat us right. Well, the PGA Tour may not treat you right, but you can't make that leap, Bernard, to go, to go play in, in a country like Saudi Arabia where human rights just don't matter. So he's on the back of today's New York Post, Phil Mickelson, apologizing for what he said. And you would think at least that his cohorts, his, the other golfers, would, uh, would accept his apology, right? You, you would, would think, think that. You would, by the way, uh, he pulled a LeBron, essentially. He says, I don't care what they do in Saudi Arabia. Right. I got, I got some money to make, bro. Yeah, that's exactly and he went over, right. But he, he did say, among other things, throwing gays off the roof and uh, killing the, the Khashoggi guy, who, by the way, Khashoggi was a friend of Osama bin Laden. I don't care that they kill Khashoggi. Get over it. He was a friend of uh, the terrorists who, who knocked down the buildings yeah. in lower Manhattan. But he also said that the Saudis are scary MFers to get involved with. And it was uh, it was pressure from the Saudis, I think, that uh, got him in trouble, and, and nobody else. Everybody else was well. Yeah, you're right, but uh, the Saudis took offense to it. They got triggered, believe it or not. Well, they got pissed off, of course. And uh, as it turns out, Phil now has to apologize. He did lose one of his major sponsors, KPMG. But yeah. as I said, you would think the rest of the golfers would be okay with his apology. And as it turns out, one in particular clearly wasn't. Take a listen to this audio of Rory McIlroy. He opens a can of whoop-ass on Phil Mickelson. I don't want to kick someone while he's he's dying, obviously, but I thought they were naive, selfish, egotistical, uh, ignorant. A lot of words to describe that interaction he had with Shipnuck. It was uh, just very surprising and uh, disappointing, sad. And I'm sure he's sitting at home sort of rethinking his position and, and where he goes from here. I don't want to kick a man while he's down, but uh, you don't look so bad. Here's another boom right in the teeth. They Billy bat, he Billy bats him. What's he talking about? Is he defending Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia is really everything that uh, Phil Mickelson said it was. It really is. It's all those things. So uh, in the end, Phil Mickelson, he does apologize. But like you said, coming off a lot like LeBron James. I just texted Wendy Williams. Uh, tomorrow we're going to celebrate, uh, celebrate, I should say, Black History Month here on the Burning and Sit in the Morning Show and throughout the whole day here on 77 WABC. It would be great to get Wendy Williams on tomorrow. I did text her. Uh, I'm not sure she'll text me back. She has not been great with that the last couple of months. But I did send out a text to Wendy Williams' way. Maybe we can get her on back on this show coming up. Tomorrow morning. Uh, lots more to do. Congressman Peter King coming up at 740. We'll talk to the naughty gossip columnist Rob Shooter coming up at 840. 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number. 1-800-848-9222. A very spirited hump day edition of Bernie and Sid. And we'll be back right after these short messages. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Right. Yeah. I man beaten with a tire iron. We want the most. Because he's not here our prayer. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Wednesday, it is time to rethink old Vlad Putin, the guy who hunts tigers topless. For absolutely no reason whatsoever, he has partially invaded the sovereign nation of Ukraine, upsetting order in the world. 
I didn't think the Vlad Meister would do it because in the end, Russia will suffer enormously. Its economy will be battered, its people deprived even further than they are now. Putin knows that, but went ahead anyway. He is playing long odds that the West will not hurt him economically because they're too weak to do it. I believe Putin has made a drastic mistake about the West, but then again, I was wrong about Vlad invading. We may also have to reassess old Joe Biden. He now has to lead NATO and other countries against the Putin threat. Biden was correct in not imposing sanctions before Putin made his illegal move, because that would have allowed anti-American people to claim the USA ignited the Ukraine fiasco. But now, Biden must actually do what he said he would do. Apply draconian sanctions against Russia. Does Joe have the stomach to be a tougher guy than Vlad? Can he keep the NATO countries united? Those are the vital questions. If Biden falters, and he may, the USA will lose enormous credibility in the world. China will likely move on Taiwan. Iran will finish up its nuke. Worldwide order will collapse. That is what is at stake. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Seventy-seven WABC app. It's a great app, folks. Download it and listen to the uh, content. It's great content on seventy-seven WABC all day long. You know that was, uh, I guess, Randy Newman, I believe, uh, singing right. the short people song. That is correct. And uh, you know, not for nothing, uh, it really was uh, kind of an obscure story. It got picked up. Some uh, Japanese female gamer. She actually said that uh, men under five seven should not have human rights. She, uh, she said they're pretty much uh, they, they they don't belong in society or something like that, but uh, this uh, this this attitude this uh, you know I guess uh, discrimination against short people I guess it's a real thing I mean if you're you know if you're like five five you know you, you everything else is in order you're fine you're strong you're smart but uh, you know you come up to some guy's chest when you're taking a picture or something like that. <laughs> come on. It just will piss you off, right? I don't know. The and, people and, and get people, too crazy. And people describe people uh, actually. Oh you know, there was a, a thing called tall privilege. Uh, people who are taller oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. do better. Oh, uh, no, but uh, so to, to to pile on this Japanese gamer, she actually lost uh, sponsors because she said this. But uh, I guess it's a real thing that you and I don't we take it for granted that we're not short. But it's a real thing out there, and uh, you know they're uh, they're oppressed people. It's a real thing out where. Out in the world. Oh, come on. I'm so tired of everybody getting so upset. I'm short, I'm bad, I'm this, I'm that. You won't so what? You know, I found out that uh, Valerie Bertinelli, like six months ago, had a complete meltdown on social media. She started yelling and screaming and crying. It was a complete meltdown because somebody called her fat. So I didn't know this yesterday when Uh-oh. I referred. Yeah, yeah. So and she's still coming on tomorrow, but I guess 
But, I mean, what are you doing? Stop it. Who cares? You, you, you melt down because somebody called you fat or somebody called you short or well, somebody it, called you bald or stupid? It, Come it, on. In the, I would say in, in the, the case of short people, it's not the, uh, you know, the name calling. It's the actual result. If in, in life you can't advance because, you know, you, 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 again, you're up to some you know, guy's just, belly button. Say that to Peter Dinklage. How's he doing these days? Well, he's the exception. He's the he, only one? Yeah. What about the, the rest one... of the people that were in the like the Wizard of Oz, all the lollipop kids? Yeah, but they're not. <laughs> I, I, I think Bernie's talking about short people that aren't, you know, little people. Midgets. You right. can't say that. Uh, can you say midgets? You can say midgets. Yeah. You yeah. can. You can say it. Yeah. Oh, I just. I said mean, it for today. And today you can after say the show, it. I can't say. You'll it, be no. suspended after the show, but you can say it now. <laughs> Go right ahead. No, I think you have to call them. You can't even say dwarfs, because I saw an interview with Peter Dinklage last week, and he was furious. That uh, the whole Snow White thing, that they're remaking the movie with the seven dwarfs. Yeah, I, I played the clip uh, about yes, a month ago. Yes, you did. That's right. Yeah. You were the guy that did it. That's right. right. And I'm yeah, like, he... what are you doing? What are you... Could we stop all and, this and, nonsense? And by the way, what he's doing is uh, actually he's going to eliminate jobs for the uh, aforementioned dwarves. I know. So shut up. You know, it's funny you say shut that. Shut up, shortcakes. I was having this, um, <laughs> this uh, discussion with Danielle a couple days ago because she was telling me about uh, somebody she knows – that um, a, a, an attractive female at a, at a different office in New York City who, who actually complained about a guy in the office. He said something. He looked at it the wrong way. And we were saying, much like Peter Dinklage is going to ruin opportunities for small people, you know, women, they keep doing this. And, and I'm all, listen, I'm all for the Me Too movement. I have zero patience for guys that, uh, that do that to women. Trust me, I've got a wife and a daughter. But if this keeps happening, then, you know, men are going to be uh, afraid, if not terrified, to hire an attractive woman. Because I hate to tell you, she may show up at work one day and somebody may say, you look good today. If that turns into a $10 million lawsuit, who's going to want that? Oh, no, no question about it. I mean, you hire an attractive woman, it's just nothing but... Uh... It's, it's uh, you like this phrase. It's fraught with peril. I love when you say that. It's very, very sexy. Uh, yeah, but, but it's, it's true. ridiculous. I mean, if somebody says to me, and, and they say it to me all the time, by the way, the risk of sounding arrogant, you look good today. Great. So what? I mean, yeah, somebody comes up and touches you. Somebody uh, leers at you all day, or, or they, they you know that's one thing. But if every now and then somebody goes, you look pretty today. So what? And by the way, the woman has the uh, option. Of either embracing it and uh, using it to advance her own career, her looks, and and that type of thing. Or, if it doesn't work out, she can go the other way and say, hey, these guys sexually harassed me. So uh, it's right. a win-win. It's a win-win win for women. Win. But, but then, you know, the, the which is what. Which is why, to your point, that people won't want to hire them. No, they won't. And that women will complain that men will say they look good and they'll show up at work wearing fishnet stockings and a short skirt. Well, what do you think is going to happen? I don't understand. I don't yeah. I don't. I mean, if, again, you look nice today should not be a punishable offense. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, that dress looks good on you. It looked better at the uh, bottom of the, my bed or something like that. Right, that's different. Right. I mean, that's a, li right, right. That's a little bit somebody uh, over says, the top. Right, somebody says that to Danielle, I'm taking the railroad to Great Neck and kicking their ass personally. Trust me. Because, you know, I'm a jealous bastard anyway. But if somebody says once in a while you look pretty today, what are you going to do? So what? So what? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's 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 an overreaction, and uh, we should get back to the old days—the old days of madmen. You, you know, know what when, I'm saying, bro? Uh, I hear you, bro. Well, <laughs> well, women were women, and men were men. You and I worked together in those and quote unquote no... old days. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were there during the old days. We we actually uh, we span the uh, yeah we we actually span these eras uh, back in the day when when that was acceptable. Yep. 
uh, to now where uh, nothing is acceptable. Where you're walking on eggshells, for God's sakes. Right. Just you know what? Just wear a burqa to work every single day, and uh, don't don't look at anybody. Just walk in with you. You look at the floor, and then don't worry about it. But but, but this what's gone on today is ridiculous. Whether it's Peter Dinklage or a pretty woman in the office or any one of these folks, I mean, you just. You got to let people live. Calm down. Well, you know, I brought it up because uh, it was a short segment, and uh, see what he did. See what what he happened? Did. See what he did. And I thought, uh, you know, <laughs> we get in and we get out. And uh, if our feet don't touch the floor, it's all good. Chances are, cause I wear a silly grin The moment you come into view Chances are you think that I'm in love with you I think that's the new theme song for the uh, Curtis Lee with Anthony Weiner show Oh my God On Saturday <laughs> And uh, by the way I love Curtis Lee, and and the show is very good, very very good. It's just, uh, you know, I want to see a little more fireworks. Not the kind that maybe Curtis has in mind. If he's coming out of the closet, I don't know. Whatever. Either way, Curtis Lee, I love you, Curtis and uh, Weiner on Saturdays at, uh, I believe it's four o'clock or was it two o'clock? I, it's I two o'clock on two o'clock. Two to four I, I, on I listen to it on the seventy-seven WABC app, folks. You should check it out as well. And right now, <laughs> speaking of somebody who I love. He is a former uh, congressman from Long Island, a great statesman. He protected America for years and years. He was on the uh, Congressional Homeland Security Committee. He actually chaired it for a long, long time. And uh, just a wonderful guy. His name is Congressman, former Congressman Peter King. Let's bring him in right now. Good morning, Congressman King. Hey, Bernie, great to have you back. Uh, you know, we got to keep an eye on Sid. When you're away, you never know what he's going to be up to. We got to, you know, he's always <laughs> maneuvering. We got to keep an eye on Sid. He's out <laughs> he's, there. He's, He's out with Bill O'Reilly and the Knicks. He's, uh, yeah. yeah. He's very unpredictable. Yeah, the housewife's here, the housewife's there. He's everywhere, this guy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't never, t- you can't never tell where he's going to end up or what he's going to do and it, or, or what you're going to read in the paper. Not even poor John Casmatidis. Uh, you know, Sid's down there in uh, Coney Island, sort of uh, hanging out in the apartments down there. It's, uh, yeah. it's incredible what he does. Huh? All right. Oh he's God. all over the place. He's, uh, he's, he's an unknown quantity, and we should fear <laughs> The worst, and hope for the best, but fear the worst. Hey, Congressman King, uh, on a serious note, uh, you know, we have this uh, this whole Russian-Ukrainian uh, thing, and uh, my question has been, you know, a lot of people, uh, I don't think people are generally engaged in it. The average American doesn't really care what happens out there, but there are obviously serious implications to whatever happens out there. But my question is this, what is our, the United States national security interest, in all this, Ukraine not being a member of NATO, and of course, historically, the Ukrainians and the Russians, you know, pretty much the same people. So, uh, what is really the national security interest? Can you help me out here, Congressman? Yeah, I, I, I do believe that we have to stop uh, Russia. Uh, listen, if they're going to go into Ukraine, there has to be severe sanctions on them. The reason I'm saying that is it goes beyond Russia and Ukraine. The fact is, you found, I guess it was two weeks ago, Russia and China for the first time in over 50 years, signing a communique to be working together, they can uh, almost bring about an economic stranglehold on the United States and Western Europe. Now, part of this is aided by the fact that we've stopped our drilling in, in the Arctic. we stopped the uh, pipeline. Uh, we 
They gave the okay for the Russian pipeline to go ahead, even though Germany pulled back yesterday. So you have this economic power that can be created. And if Russia does go into Ukraine and there are no uh, sanctions or severe efforts against them, then you're going to find other countries in Europe are going to be brought in, into their orbit. And they will have both the economic power and the feeling that the United States is not going to defend the status quo. Now, NATO... But, but listen, like what yeah. countries? I mean, you have the NATO... The Baltic states are NATO countries. You have Poland, et cetera, right. and then NATO countries. He's not going to uh, mess with NATO because he knows that will directly uh, in, engage the United States. So what other countries besides the Ukraine are, are we talking? No, I would, I would say, first of all, you have to be concerned, I, even about Germany. Not that he's going to enter Germany, but the, the threat, for instance, if he does start to move on Poland, like when he says that Ukraine is part of Russia, every European country can say they're part of someone else, whether it's Austria and Hungary, whether it's Hitler saying, you know, Sudetenland was, was part of Germany, Germany and Austria. And you have even Ukraine. I was out with someone last night from Ukraine, and he said just in his neighborhood where he grew up, you had people speaking Hungarian, people speaking German, people speaking Russian, predominantly Ukrainian, but still they were speaking these different languages. So we maintained the status quo in, in Europe. Now, there was a trouble in the Balkans, obviously, in the 90s. I was over there at that time. But for the most part, since probably the Congress of Vienna in 1815, the post-World War II period in Western Europe and then in Eastern Europe since then has been the most stable it's ever been. For him to, uh, if he starts, for instance, you know, does make border moves on Poland, do those other countries think the U.S. is really going to stand up to them? Or are they going to say, listen, Lithuania is part of Russia? I mean, Denmark can say that it's part of Sweden or Sweden's part of Denmark. Once you break that status quo down, I, I don't see Germany resisting uh, Russian influence for that long. I'm talking about economic influence. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, to me, once the status quo unravels, as we saw even with Francis Ferdinand in you know, Sarajevo, World War One, once the status quo un- un- unravels, that could put the United States, you know, weaken our position. At the meantime, China is basically moving everywhere in the world. Yep. They have tremendous economic interests in South America and Africa and Europe, for that matter. So now we're in a position to make up for the oil deficit. Joe Biden wants to, is begging Iran to provide more oil. Oh, yeah. So I've said it weakens our overall strategic position in the world, both economically and also militarily. I think the main beneficiary is going to be China when this is all over. If we don't, if we don't at least take a firm stand here in uh, Ukraine. All right, that seems to be the consensus on the show so far. Bernard, Bill O'Reilly, Peter King, and Rich Lowry all agreeing. We can't just turn our eye away from this. We need to do something. But as far as I know, Putin has not gone in and killed anybody yet. I know he's amassed more troops in eastern Ukraine now and, and inching closer and closer, but hasn't done anything but Biden still levied some sanctions yesterday. I, I kind of joked with Bernie this morning, Peter. If I'm Putin, I'm like, okay, let's go now. Forget it. They've already levied sanctions anyway. Uh, do you think that that was too quick on Biden's part, or did he do the right thing yesterday? Uh, I think he maybe should have done more. Listen, I, you know, he's the president. We are engaged in a really a, a, a vital uh, struggle right now. So I don't want to be being overly critical of President Biden, but I think – uh, several steps along the way. One, by stopping our drilling last year. Secondly, by the uh, horribly uh, done uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. <clears throat> I, I can't imagine Putin beginning this, even trying this with Donald Trump. Now, in Michael Goodwin's column today, apparently President Trump told Goodwin that he had told Putin that if he moved on Ukraine, we would bomb Moscow. So Trump thought that <laughs> yeah, Ukraine was vital. And uh, but anyway, uh, also, the fact that he said, you know, it was two weeks ago, that a small incursion wouldn't matter. Well, this right now is, you could call it a small incursion. So uh, I, I think there was a lot of diplomatic errors going into this. But now that we are where we are, uh, I think he, he could have, 
impose some more sanctions. And I don't begin to understand the full extent of these sanctions, like which oligarchs were hitting. I mean, that, that I'm hoping that the people behind the scenes, the uh, CIA, the intelligence agencies, and working with our allies, that we know where these guys have hidden their money, that we know that, you know, all these names sound alike to us about these oligarchs, but, you know, the ones that he's hitting or the banks he's hitting are the ones that are going to be most significant. And going forward, I'm hoping we have a lot more sanctions because this guy, I'm sure, has been squirreling away money for the last two or three years in case this event ever come up. And, uh, Enough to keep him happy and to keep his oligarch friends happy and to maintain some stability. So, listen, there's no easy answers in this world, but I don't think we should allow Putin to run wild. I think he would go beyond Ukraine. I think he would go to the Polish border. He may go to Estonia. I mean, let's just say he starts to move into Estonia to protect the Russian-speaking people in Estonia or Latvia or Lithuania. People say, you know, does an American want to die for Lithuania? Does an American want to die for Latvia? Or does that matter... Does uh, an American want to die for Eastern Poland? I mean, so these uh, uh, once this unravels, it's, it's going to be hard to put it back together. Yeah, of course, uh, the, the nations you uh, just uh, delineated, they're part of NATO, and we're uh, treaty-bound to uh, protect those countries, which is why I don't think he's suicidal uh, that he would do that. But we can uh, agree to disagree on that, sure. Congressman King. And, of course, I think the average American is more concerned with crime and inflation and to which point uh, uh, Biden yesterday was uh, bemoaning the fact that this war is going to raise the price of gas, the price of home heating oil. And, of course, he can do uh, he can do so much by restoring the Keystone XL pipeline and these uh, oil and gas leases on federal lands. He could really help the American people. I hope the American people realize that and he's not going to do it. No, listen, I, I agree. Listen, often economic issues, they overwhelm a president. You have no control over them. No, this is so much of this is self-inflicted from the day. In fact, I was sitting in the studio with John Katzmatidis the day that President Biden signed his executive order, uh, you know, cutting down on the Keystone Pipeline, you know, stopping the Keystone Pipeline. And John immediately said what that's going to do to the price of oil and how it's going to make Russia a dominant force when it comes to the economy. We were economically independent a year ago. Now we are dependent. We are buying 10,000 barrels a day from Russia and oil from Russia. Now we're trying to stop Russia, and we're buying oil from them. We had enough oil to supply ourselves, also parts of Western Europe. We would have been a major energy supplier in the world. So this whole issue now with the gas, yeah, there would have been some uh, increase in prices if we get involved with Russia, but it would be nowhere near what it is now. I mean, gas has already gone up over a dollar a gallon before this even started with Russia. So this is totally self-inflicted. And you mentioned crime. Uh, This is, I, I hate to say that, Americans are almost going to start taking this for granted. But how many people do you talk to, talk to now from New York? Oh, I'm not going in the city. I'm not going to a Penn Station. A year ago, two years ago, they wouldn't have thought twice of going to a Penn Station. My wife is a doctor in the city. She used to take the Long Island Railroad in there, get off to Penn Station, walk over to NYU. Uh, now, I mean, basically it, it, everything is either Uber, I, I drive or she drives herself. I yep. mean, it's all, yep. I mean, the thought of walking to a Penn Station now is almost impossible for many people. Two years ago, nobody would have thought twice about it. No, no. that's true. I mean, COVID had something to do with that, too. Then, of course, the crime, you're 100% right. Look, we used to work there, me and Bernie. I don't miss it. And I'm actually leaving the city. I've lived here for the last six years. 
And I'm actually leaving uh, in about a month or so. So they've lost me. And that brings us to the gubernatorial discussion here, Peter King. When I thought I knew everybody, you know more people than I do. Uh, but I don't know who the hell Harry Wilson is. And everybody keeps telling me, don't sleep on Harry Wilson. He made an appearance on Channel 5 yesterday. And there are some folks, smart folks, who seem to think he will battle people like Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, uh, Rob Astorino, and maybe even George Pataki. You know anything about this, Harry Wilson? Yeah, he ran for control in 12 years. He ran a fairly strong race, but he disappeared for the last 12 years. The only thing I think he did politically was he donated to Alvin Bragg's campaign. Uh Uh-oh, did he really? Oh, no. Oh, he gave $1,000 to Alvin Bragg. Now, he said he did it because they went to school together. Well, get him out. uh, yeah, I went to school. A lot of guys went to jail. I'm not donating money to them. You know? <laughs> no, so I mean, uh, no. So uh, to me, for a guy to come in the last minute out of nowhere, he hasn't been heard from for more than a decade. The only thing we do know is that he donated to Alvin Bragg. To me, was, I'm supporting Lee Zeldin, but you have Zeldin, you have Estorino, and you have Andrew Giuliani. They've been running all over the state for the last three, four months out there campaigning. They're the ones who should be considered. I'm, I'm supporting Lee. I think he's going. I know he's going to be too. nominated at the convention next week, and I support him in the primary in June. But no, listen, we got to take this state back. And a guy like Harry Wilson coming in from nowhere to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, not only did he guy. donate to Alvin Bragg, as you pointed out, but he worked for Barack Obama's Treasury Department, and he's a Republican. Yeah, they said yeah. he was involved, you know, in restoring parts of the economy. Again, that, that, that could be. But, again, why, you know, where is he on crime? Where is he on all these issues right now? This whole idea of Black Lives Matter, the riots, the demonstrations, you know, the crime in the streets. Where has he been on that? They're the gut issues that have to be addressed. No, and I was saying before, listen, COVID is one thing. But when you went, now you see all these people, you know, it's like a flop house on that. People all over the place. And then, you know, the guy's shooting up drugs out on 7th Avenue. And I'm using that as one example. But just think, how many of your friends? Friends who, uh, Bernie, especially people coming from the suburbs, who did it routinely over the last 15 years. Absolutely. Now they don't want to do it. They're scared stiff of going in there. Right. No, they never thought twice about it. But that was a very interesting uh, factoid. Harry Wilson donated to Alvin Bragg. Sid Rosenberg, tell your smart friends to suck on that for a while. Oh, some of my smart friends are your friends, too, but uh, I will yeah, certainly my, tell I'll them. I'll tell them, too. I, I, nobody has said anything to me about it, but I will be more than happy to tell them exactly that. Yep. Suck on that, bro. Yep. Harry Wilson, get him out. Hey, quickly, <laughs> as, as the time is uh, waning here, Congressman King, uh, I think what what happened in Canada, their descent into tyranny and author- authoritarianism, I mean, trampling uh, people with horses and uh, seizing bank accounts and all that stuff. I think, I mean, that, that is such an egregious uh, transformation from democracy to, again, dictatorship. And you, you don't hear boo. Uh, I think that's more important than what's happening in the Russia-Ukraine border. You don't hear any uh, Republicans, for example, criticizing uh, uh, Justin Trudeau and his actions. What do you make of all that? Yeah, I mean, these are, to me, serious violations of civil liberties. And by the way, if the cops had even thought of doing that during the riots of 2020, there'd be an international you know, tribunal set up you know, yeah. on human rights. So it's happening up there. There was very little violence at all by, you know, by the truckers. Yeah, it caused inconvenience. They would have to, if they're going to be uh, arrested for you know, tying up city streets, that's fine. That's, that's all part of civil disobedience. But the fact is, these were overwhelmingly nonviolent. These are people who are solid Canadians. They were the people who kept their economy going. And whether or not you believe they should be forced to get vaccinated, they have the right to say no. They have the right to demonstrate. They did it. As far as I'm concerned, it's peacefully as mass demonstrations to be. They were peaceful. And there's just uh, 
capricious violation of human rights, the way they've done it, civil rights, that is a dangerous president. You can take away somebody's bank account because he's out demonstrating. I mean, my God, it's, uh, listen, I think we allowed far too much here in the summer of 2020. You can't be having violence, people being attacked. But what the truckers have done up there, that's, that, those are mass demonstrations. They were willing to pay the price for it. The price should not include uh, coming in and have riot-busting uh, tactics going on. Not at all. And going out into people's bank accounts for this. That is scary stuff. It, it is and, terrifying. And yeah. you have to think that that's what the Democrats here uh, aspire to, stuff like that. I mean, that's what I think. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, yeah there is that totalitarian mentality that's there. And it's, uh, it's one thing if you're uh, a conservative or even ultra-right-wing person demonstrating, you get far less rights than Black Lives Matter, who the DAs said they wouldn't prosecute. I mean, when I think of what happened here in, in Manhattan, where the DAs refused to prosecute people for, the, for some of the worst riots and vandalism was going on. Vandalism is the wrong word. That makes it sound trivial. Absolute. You talk about civil disturbance uh, and, to me, insurrection. That's what happened in the streets of Brooklyn and Manhattan in 2020. Yeah, you no just doubt. nailed it. That was the real insurrection. Not January 6th. By the definition of the word, what happened here was an insurrection, not at the Capitol. I was taking over courthouses in Seattle. I mean, having yep. uh, yep. no-go areas. That, that is oh, come on. Uh, b- b- burning down mm-hmm. police departments in the state of Minnesota was, it right. was incredible. Hey, uh, as always, Peter King, not a good job, a great job. We love having you Wednesdays. Thank you so much for a great appearance. Terrific. Uh, great to be there. Bernie, you sound stronger than ever. Boy, you're you're going to kick ass. I know it. Man, I, I can feel it. You are the mayor, Congressman King. I love you. Long live the king is what I say. Yeah. Bernie says it. Thank you, sir. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. Next hour, we're going to speak to this really fun Gossip columnist Rob Shooter. A lot to come on the Bernie and Sid show right after this. Poverty. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download it. Very entertaining. It's so easy on your smartphone, on your phone. It's great. 77 WABC app. Also, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM out in Hamptons, points east. And you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCradio.tv. It's a very interesting watch. Uh, our gossip columnist, Rob Shooter, will be in studio at 840. You can check this guy out. He really is colorful, and he'll make you laugh. Bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, as we wind up on this Wednesday, February 23rd, this happy hump day, we wind down uh, Black History Month, ladies and gentlemen. It's, uh, it's going to be over before you know it. Uh, sadly, uh, you know what I did in honor of Black History Month? I actually watched a movie that I never heard of before. I, I heard of it when uh, Sidney Poitier died. It's called Lilies of the Field. I saw it. It's great. It's such a charming movie. I mean, it's just like a sleeper. I never heard it before. Anyway, that's what I did for Black History Month. I mean, it's not a lot, but... Uh, well, you're not you know, done. Tomorrow I'm, I'm gonna... home. I'm, I'm homebound. What am right. I going to do? But tomorrow we're going to celebrate Black History Month on this show. So you're not done yet, Bernard McGurk, because you're going to speak to uh, the former governor, David Patterson, and a guy that people forget, but for about a month was actually winning the presidential, well, not the presidential, but that uh, the Republican side for about a month 
back in 2016. That's Ben Carson. Both of those guys will uh, join us tomorrow, so you're not nearly done. Is that right? That's right. Patterson and Ben Carson coming up tomorrow, and hopefully Roy White, who, uh, along with Murray Bauer, got to give him the credit, I've been making the argument for all morning for Randy Levine and the Yankees to give him his deserved day after Paul O'Neill got his yesterday coming up August the 21st against the Blue Jays. I look forward to tomorrow, i got to tell you. I love those guys. Hey, listen, uh, just so, uh, you know, it's February. It's, it's, it's a little uh, depressing, of course. But the march is next week. St. Patrick's Day is three weeks and one day from today. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. When was the last time Keep we actually had a parade, a St. Patrick's Day parade? Uh, I think that was uh, 2019. That was, was the, last the last one, one. right? That yeah. was the last one. Yeah. And there's no reason not to have it this year. No reason. Unless you hate Irish people. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of people do hate the parade, but it's it's the most popular parade yeah. by far. Yes. Of uh, all the New York City parades, the ethnic parades, all that stuff. It is back, though, right? I mean, I haven't heard uh, them say that it's not back. It is back. You know, I haven't heard one way or the other. Hmm. Uh, but uh, when, I, when, I, when I start to hear... Well, they allow the gays to march. Uh, you know, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a major migraine headache. Shut oh, up! I know. But, Whatever. But, let them march. Who but, cares? but your friend, uh, what's his name? Bill, uh, the head of the Catholic League. Bill Donahue. <laughs> yeah, he's always great on St. Patrick's Day. He pitches about ninety different things. So he, he, this man is the best. He, <laughs> he, yeah, he's he's fiercely smart, but. Uh, He's a curmudgeon, and I just love that guy, Bill Donahue. Maybe we'll have him on on St. Patrick's Day, as, as we have had in the past. Yeah, we should. And, uh, you know, Bob Beckel passed away yesterday. We talked about it yesterday. Yes. Bob Beckel, formerly of the five, got fired a couple of times. He's, you know, he's a ornery, uh, nonconformist, liberal, whatever, a traditional liberal, not a woke tard. Anyway, rest in peace, Bob Beckel. Also, this guy, P.J. O'Rourke, he passed away from lung cancer. He was, like, in his mid-'70s. This guy was brilliant. He wrote a lot of books. Uh, you know, he's fairly famous. He used to come on Imus a lot, uh, P.J. O'Rourke, and uh, he was a fun guy. He hated Trump. Well, whatever. Who cares? Uh, but one of the things, one of the quotes that he uh, left behind as part of his legacy, he, he was a libertarian and a conservative libertarian, and he talked about liberalism. This is what he said, P.J. O'Rourke. At the core of liberalism is the spoiled child, miserable as all spoiled children are, and uh, he also says that they're demanding, they're ill-disciplined, they're despotic, they're useless. Liberalism is a philosophy of sniveling brats. That is uh, P.J. O'Rourke's legacy. Rest in peace, P.J. O'Rourke. Sorry the guy died. But, you know, you smoke a lot. That's what happens. It's terrible. It's awful. So we talked about uh, the, the Russian-Ukrainian thing with Congressman Peter King. I warn everybody out there, go out and get some cash, keep your gas tanks full, because the threat, the specter of cyber attacks is real. It was the Russians who were behind that uh, colonial pipeline uh, cyber attack, and they have more up their sleeve. They really do. They have a lot of things they can do. Of course, gas prices are going to go up, so uh, keep that in mind. And then we, I played the clip earlier this morning of uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who will, with Donald Trump, appear at CPAC. This weekend, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, she says, listen, uh, uh, to my point of law of unintended consequences, this could devolve into nuclear war. Russia is a nuclear power. I mean, we don't know. You, you never know what's going to happen. You never know. I mean, Archduke Ferdinand, somebody invoked his name this morning. I forget who. But the, Peter, that, King. That, Peter King. Well, that dude got shot in, uh, you know, in Serbia in 1914 or whatever the hell it was. And it was no big deal. 
Next thing you know, there's this uh, one of the worst conflagrations in the history of mankind. Uh, so, again, the law of unintended consequences. And uh, yesterday you had, uh, well, before I get to yesterday, remember Joe Biden when he was running, Mr. Tough Guy, yeah, I'll take care of Putin. Yeah, I'll, I'll show Putin. Yeah, I'm not going to be friendly with Putin, uh, unlike Donald Trump, who, by the way, was tougher on Putin, way tougher than Obama and anybody else. But the, listen to Joe Biden in 2019. Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the yeah, United sure. States and those in Eastern Europe are over. Oh, really? I'm going to stand up to him. Yeah, another uh, another another bit of misinformation from the uh, race baiting old imbecile, the liar, the creep, the corrupt uh, Joe Biden, whose family made millions from the the uh, uh, from the Ukraine and from Russia. Both of them. He, this guy's compromised. I mean, we're going to learn a lot more in the future. Hopefully, Miranda Devine is digging up stuff as we speak. Yesterday, the feeble old fool, uh, he said this. This is our commander-in-chief. Listen to what he said. And if Russia goes further with this invasion, we stand prepared to go further as with sanctions. Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare new so-called countries on territory that belong to his neighbors? Yesterday... The world heard clearly the full extent of Vladimir Putin's twisted rewrite of history. Wobble. Going back more than a century (laughs) as he waxed eloquently. Oh, eloquently. Noting that, well, I'm not going to go into it, but nothing in Putin's left remarks indicate any interest in pursuing real dialogue on European security in the year 2022. It's so embarrassing. And uh, Chuck Todd asked the question, why is Putin making moves now? That he didn't make in the past. Well, it's because of that idiot that you just listened to. That that dope that 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 that, that squashed our energy sector, and enabled the Russia to to strengthen theirs and enrich themselves to uh, to, to finance a war like this. Uh, so it really is gross. It's disgusting. Uh, I mean, it's really it's sad. It's sad that this nation was stuck with this moron for uh, three more years, and the idiots, the woke tards that handle him. Uh, Joe Rogan yesterday. Joe Rogan did a podcast, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's he's part of America's voice these days. As far as I'm concerned, this is what he said about Joe Biden and his uh, his mental state. Listen to this. Biden has been in politics his whole life. Like he understands how the Senate works and so forth. So th- does that not count as experience? It kind of does. It kind of does, but not as being. Well, he actually was vice president for eight years, right? Yeah. But he's just. That he's not a good example because he's basically a shell. Yeah. You know, cognitively. You don't see that this guy can't. He can't talk right anymore. Yeah. Go watch videos of him from 20 years ago. He was a. He was a dummy. He said a lot of silly. He lied about a bunch of things, mm-hmm. but at least he was articulate. Yeah, and, and now he's just hes just a freaking vegetable is what he is. Uh, so there you have that. Uh, the Tedious. I can't stand the coverage. You turn on the newscast. I actually turn it off. I don't want to hear about this stupid thing. Invade the Crimea, excuse me, Ukraine, or don't invade, whatever. Let me know when it's over and the, 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 the dust settles. I have to cover it, of course, because of my job, so I do, but uh, I really hate it. And again, I, as I mentioned to Congressman Peter King, I think what happened up in Canada is much, much more important in the grand scheme of things. We have our neighbor, our friendly, polite, democratic neighbor turning into really a fascist state, seizing bank accounts, uh, you know, trampling peaceful protesters. And 
and giving them no quarter, no, no, no compromise, no nothing. The pandemic is over. I mean, you could have talked to them and said, listen, okay, we're going to end the mandates at such and such a date, and you guys will disperse, and we'll all be happy. Instead, they took a really, really harsh, harsh uh, tone and uh, attitude and, you know, policy towards these people. Here yesterday you had this uh, woke Canadian member of parliament. Listen to what she said about the truckers, the truckers' convoy, and about them blowing their horns. Just listen to this, this, this lunacy. How many guns need to be seized? How much vitriol do we have to see of Hong Kong, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see really? by these protesters Jeez. on social media? Come on. First of all, Hong Kong is an acronym for Heil Hitler? I, I don't know. How dare you invoke yeah. a Heil Hitler in, in this particular instance? I mean, these are a bunch of scumbags. Thank you, Congressman Maxine Waters. You know what time it is. So you have that up there, and uh, you don't have anybody. In, she should be know? on tomorrow, too, Maxine Waters. She's black. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Jesse Waters' mother. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's put her on. Stay woke, ah, Stay woke lady. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, one, one, uh, well, a couple of other things. But one of the things is, uh, is refreshing. Uh, you remember Kyle Rittenhouse. Well, this guy is about to sue the world, sue everybody. But one person in particular, he singled out with a vengeance. Oh, so it sounded to me. Listen to him talking about, well, suing people, but this one person in particular. Take a listen. Right now we're looking at quite a few uh, politicians, celebrities, athletes. Whoopi Goldberg's on the list. She called me a murderer after I was acquitted by a jury of my peers. Mm -hmm. She went on to still say that. Uh Uh-oh. She should have been suspended for that instead of her uh, stupid comment about the Jews. Yeah, she should have been. By the way, she she came back last week, and nobody cared. It was like a fart in a windstorm. Just came and went. Yeah, that's it. That's the news cycle these days. Uh, But, of course, uh, she she has a black liberal privilege, which is one of the reasons why nobody cares. Because if other people had said what she said, uh, they would not have been back, period. Uh, Either way, uh, one last thing, Sydney Sports. Yeah. You had the uh, Juwan Howard. Who is the head coach of Michigan? Is it Tom Rizzo or Izzo, whatever the hell no, his no, name no, no, is, no, no. or is it Jawan Howard? Jawan Howard is the head coach at Michigan. Tom Izzo is the very decorated head coach at Michigan State. Ah, okay, there you go. See, see thus my confusion. See, that's why you are the sports great. I mean, <laughs> you know you. all. You are omniscient when it comes to sports. You are uh, Thank you. You're just one of the legendary sportscasters. So anyway. Uh, Tom Izzo was uh, holding a press conference, and they were talking about the handshake ceremony after games. Somebody suggested, hey, maybe we should cancel it. Listen to what he said. So if the president said it, I think he's full of it. If the best coach in America said it, I think not shaking hands. um, That's typical of our country right now. You know, instead of solving the problem, let's make an excuse. Instead of confronting and demanding that it changes, let's eliminate it so that we don't have those problems. That's not happening here. So if some team doesn't want to shake hands, you're going to see 15 of my guys walk down and shake air. We're going to shake air, and I'm going to shake air, and then we're going to leave. We're going to shake air, says Tom Izzo, uh, an ornery-sounding Tom Izzo. But what do you make of this? He's a tough guy. He's a tough guy, and he did sound ornery there. He's a super guy. Bernie, I can tell you that over the years, especially down in Florida, I would cover the – Final Four, and Tom Izzo was on my shows all the time. I love the guy. 
But this is one of the dumbest things we do outside of maybe bringing professional sports teams to the White House, which I know was a big deal for Nixon and Kennedy. It is so stupid. Uh, This is equally as dumb. If I lose a big game, I don't want to shake your hand. I don't hate you. I don't want bad things to happen to you. I don't want to shake your hand. Enough with the good sportsmanship nonsense. Tom Brady loses a game. I don't want to shake your hand. What's wrong with that? Well, they don't do that in the pros, but I guess – I guess with college, that you know, the kids are still f- forming. They're still, what? What? still trying to teach them. Uh, listen, there are guys on those teams, Michigan, Michigan State, that make more money than the guys on the pros. Let's stop with the innocent college kid nonsense. These are huge college basketball programs. They're on TV, CBS, like every weekend. These are not uh, wide-eyed little kids. They get there. They're already being you know, spoon-fed all the riches that uh, most normal kids will never see in their lifetime. It's enough. It's, it's a silly rule. I mean, you know, well, Little League Baseball is one thing. You start playing competitive college sports and pro sports, the handshake thing, who cares? A little civility, a little sportsmanship. Uh, if, if it takes, you know, if it influences two people out of a thousand, maybe it's worth it. I don't know. I, God, I, I, you sound, what, like, you sound what, like Tom Izzo. What is wrong <laughs> with the uh, making the effort? I don't know. But uh, we can agree to disagree on that. Whatever. I just want to get your opinion on it. Tom Izzo, I never heard of the guy before, but – I liked his uh, – I, I watched that. Uh, by the way, Matt Meany sent that to me. Matt Meany is uh, now the program director of 77 WABC. Congratulations to Matt Meany. He's a great kid and a great man. He's not a kid. He's a man now. But uh, So congratulations to him, and uh, thanks for sending that to me but and familiarizing me with Tom Izzo here on the Bernie and Sitcha. 1-800-848-9222. Lydia Reports is coming up next. We're coming right back. Black History Month here on Bernie and Sid with Governor David Patterson, Ben Carson, and a host of others. And based on Murray Bauer's Facebook post to me, I think he's right. Roy White needs to have his day with the Yanks. Pete Morgan says, as you know, Sid, I'm a huge Yankees fan. I love Roy White. Met him many times. Wonderful man. You're right. He, Mercer, and Stottlemyre were the only ones for a few years for the Yanks. They were not very good. Roy White was a fantastic defensive outfielder, as uh, okay, uh, Paul Blair. Offensively, he was just okay. And is only in the top 15 all-time Yankees offensively in walks, runs, and stolen bases. He does have two World Series rings, two All-Star appearances, only hit 271 lifetime. Where do you draw the line? It's a tough one. I guess if you let Paul O'Neill in, you let Roy in. That's from uh, Pete Morgan. I say let Roy in. And uh, also before Lydia, one more happy customer, Bernie, specifically for me, not for you. This is a DM I got on Instagram late last night from some guy named Scott Goldstein. Go ahead, Luke. Read it. All right. Now, I think it's important to to reiterate that these are not my words. Just just need to put that out there. So you know, uh, Chad, Candace, everyone, uh, 
to have that info. All right. <laughs> OMG, I can't believe you infected Instagram dot dot dot. Your false self-praise of yourself does not hide your low self-esteem. You're just a sad and pathetic, overly steroidal, we'll have to call Webster and make sure that's a word, goon who thinks he's fooling everyone with tough talk dot dot. Just die. Just die. So there you have it, folks. Anybody complains Jeez. about death threats and, Bernie, I tell you, I get those all the time. I'm, I get them all the time. And, but in this case, it's, it's not anonymous. Usually they're anonymous. No, he's anonymous the... because it, it, he has no picture on his avatar. It just oh, says Scott okay. Goldstein. He has like 20 followers. He's some loser. Uh, but, no picture. But, but, but I but get make, these all the time. You make a great point. And that's what you hear these people. Well, they're getting death threats. But it, it, like you say, it happens all. I get some as well. Everybody gets them because of the anonymity of social media. I mean, they can get away with it inexplicably. They should be able to track them down somehow or other with, uh, I don't know, there's, there's got to be technology know. where you can. But yeah. to your point, again, first of all, that's despicable. Just die. <laughs> that's fine. Shut up. To change the station, you don't uh, like it. Of course. I mean, but, I, I, uh, yeah, everybody gets yeah. death. So so stop when, you know, somebody, some poor little uh, sympathetic victim is triggered. And, oh, I got death threats before what I said. Everybody gets them. You just heard it right there. Yeah, I got websites, actually. There's a whole Keith Smolin website. All they do is talk badly about me, and some guy keeps emailing me every single day, stop talking about yourself, no one cares. I mean, I get I get so much of that stuff, and uh, all it does is fuel me to uh, to do exactly what I do, do every more. day. Exactly and, right. And by the way, again, if you don't like it, go el- go elsewhere. Right. We're not begging you to stay right. here. We couldn't care less. We don't I, need you. No, we're number one in, in, uh, in, uh, in the market. We, are, we generate a ton of revenue. We uh, were stars in this city. I really don't care whether you like me or not. Uh, they do tend to like you more. Uh, that's great. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care if you love me, hate me. Just keep listening. With that said, here's Lydia Reports. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Should I feel a little left out because I don't get death threats? Um, yes, I think uh, you, you don't really make it in this business until people right. love you and want you dead. Yes. You're not doing I've your had job, a couple right. of people hate me. Uh, that's but, good. You know, that's good. But right, they hate progress. me, but they don't They don't wish me dead. Oh, my God. And that's people, that's people at the station. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Well, speaking of losers, uh, Joe Biden, uh, I just got an email actually from Bonnie Pillar. She emails me sometimes. She is not a loser. She said, my 89-year-old mom just got an oil delivery. It was $784. Thanks so much, Joe. And that's what people need to realize. Everything's going up. And I found this out just the other day on with John Katzmatidi's Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. That he says, you know, where the high prices that we're seeing now that in the grocery store and everywhere else, those are based on oil prices when oil is $65, $70 a gallon. He said, fasten your seatbelts. Wait till you see how high it's going to be now that oil per barrel is $95 a a gallon and it's going over 100. And then if Russia invades Ukraine, it's, well, they said they're beginning an invasion. We don't really exactly know what the terminology is, but that's what's going on. So then President Biden uh, yesterday was having a conference about minerals or something, environmental crap, and he was on with Governor Gavin Newsom. And I caught this little snippet of what Gavin Newsom was saying to Joe Biden. And take a listen just to hear how stupid Biden is. Gavin, how are you, man? Good to see you. I'm good. I, I had an over-under that you were going to do this today. I'm impressed. I am impressed. <laughs> Thank you for not canceling on us. Oh, are you kidding me? 
Oh, we don't have much going on, you know, other than Russia and Ukraine. And yeah. anyway, yeah. What about what about Michigan? What about oh, uh, yeah, Connecticut? Yeah. What about what about Florida? What about the other states here in the United States that are that are you know, paying all this money for gas and inflation going through the roof again with the Russia Ukraine? God, who cares? We don't have enough going on. I, I just was reading a story about 80 uh, percent, according to the NYPD and New York City public schools, a gun possessions, weapons possessions, you name it, box cutters, whatever, have skyrocketed 80 percent among students because you have kids that are afraid for their lives that are carrying now weapons because they got rid of all the school safety officers because, oh, if I see a cop, oh, I'm going to feel threatened. So they got rid of all the cops in all of the public schools, all the metal detectors, everything. So now it's complete chaos. Then you got the homeless crisis. You got the drug crisis. You got the border crisis. I mean, we this is inflation. You you remember the movie Scarface when a very drunken – uh, Al Pacino playing Scarface is in the restaurant and he, he yells at his wife and she runs out and he gets up and he's throwing stuff across the place and he goes, take a look at me, I'm the bad guy. So in this case, Joe Biden is clearly the bad guy, but he actually found a guy now that's even worse. So he says, ah, I'm not the bad guy. Vladimir Putin is the bad guy. So as Bernie's been saying for weeks and weeks, and Bernie is right, he deflects all the attention to the real bad guy, and that's Vladimir Putin. Not me, even though, as you've been talking about, Lydia, for days, everything in our country is completely falling apart. And at his, uh, at his doing, Putin is not hurting us. He's hurting us. Our own command, uh, imbecile-in-chief is the one that's hurting us. With all his policies, starting with the energy, crushing the energy sector and, and making us pay so much more for home heating oil and gasoline. And, of course, uh, in the grocery stores, as Mr. Katsimatidis points out, where it bleeds down to. So, yeah, he's the bad guy. That's who's the bad guy. Who is allowing our children to be poisoned? Who is allowing random people, terrorists, sex traffickers, you name it, cross the border? Who is allowing Americans to be able to not even pay their bills anymore or afford even to heat their homes anymore? Who is allowing our children to be indoctrinated in schools with this nonsensical critical race theory or to teach them that it's okay to mutilate themselves because how God created them is not right and that they're a boy or a girl or whatever or who is perpetuating this insanity that a male swimmer is equivalent to a female swimmer i mean there's so much chaos and an insanity going on in the country that has started with this administration and yet you guys are right he's trying to and i'm not saying putin is a good guy he's he's a monster too but we got our own issues here at home to deal with and instead of helping out the truckers, which we should have done over in Canada, now he's telling us, well, you have to pay a price for democracy. So get buckle up. You know, you're going to have to pay more. Why do I have to pay more for you? I'm sorry for what's happening in Ukraine, but why should I have to pay even more money right. for, for what's should, going on over there? And if you're so concerned, reinstate the Keystone XL pipeline and start pumping oil on these federal lands. Right. Uh, oil and gas. Uh, you can do something about it. You can mitigate the rise in uh, energy and gas prices. You can do it. Do it, punk. You can do or, it. Are you afraid of AOC? Yeah, he Which is afraid is it? of AOC. He is. So then it's a very simple question. You just categorized, uh, described Vladimir Putin as a monster. And he is, right? We know what he does to journalists and innocent people and what he does to the everyday Russian folks. And we know all that stuff. With that said, knowing what you know, about Vladimir Putin, if I said to you right now, Lydia, you've got a choice. You've got a choice. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, 
the president of the United States <laughs> will either be Joe Biden or Vladimir Putin. And be honest, who would you choose? No, I would pick Biden. Oh, you're I have nuts. To, oh, get out yeah, of here. No, I'd I have to pick Biden. Putin is – he has murdered people. So what? I mean, so, so does everybody. He's, oh, well, please, so don't be so naive. But there's a lot of murderous psycho oh, leaders out hey, there. We don't need to go – What about you, Bernie? If, Biden if or Putin? If, if he secures the border right. and he, he <laughs> right. increases no, our energy sector and increases our energy sector so that we pay less, I would go with Putin as well. Me too. Okay, who would you rather go with, Hillary Clinton or AOC? As Putin. president. I'll take Putin over those two also. I'm, being, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm being completely serious. Give me somebody who's going to run this country, knows what's best for our citizens, and do what it takes to get it done, who's not afraid and intimidated by everybody else, which Hillary How is. embarrassing. How embarrassing this for Putin. This is ridiculous. Pu- this is ridiculous. How emba- that, that was me and not AOC. How is how pathetic is biden for him to say that now we're going to have to pay more for oil or for gas because of what's going on in ukraine and russia you put us in that hole doofus it's your fault we got to pay more how is our economy so precarious and everything that we how we live based on some kind of russian type dictator it's all his fault and like you said bernie open up the keystone pipeline allow drilling again give us access that's all we need to do we got a hundred years worth of oil in the ground but they don't want to do that he is it seems like he's intent to destroy america and you're going to see his approval ratings going up that's what's really sad most americans are stupid they really are because that's the only way I can characterize anybody who would think that he's doing a good job and would actually vote for him again. Yeah, no, no, he's terrified. The reason why he won't do the uh, pipeline and the, the drilling and all that stuff is because of the Green New Deal AOC people. He would incur their wrath. That's right. And he's too afraid. He's, you know? a, he's, a he's too afraid. You be- I'm the boss. He's a I'm pussy. the boss. That's what he is. You better Thank watch you, out. Sir. Yeah. Well, there was, did you hear that clip of her? She listen. said she's so busy she can't even buy a chair. Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> she's very yeah, busy. I'm, yeah, I'm sick of her. That's who we're listening to. Somebody who can't even buy a chair. Says, Isn't it? I don't have enough time to buy a chair, and I'm, I have to sleep on the floor, and I'm so busy. And then she's doing these like viral beauty hacks where she's dunking her face in cold water. She's so – she's a child. Hey, she's look, so immature. It's like Adam Carolla said. If she was fat and ugly, nobody would be paying attention to her. 100%. Bottom 100%. Line. Well, you hey, shouldn't Lydia. say that. You shouldn't say that about fat people because they get very, very upset, as you know. We've already been over this. Uh, uh, but Sid, by the way, would you do that inhaler thing that you see to make yourself more tan? Did you see that article I sent you? Yeah, you die faster, right? Yeah, but this girl said, I'd rather – so." So, Bernie, I don't know if you heard about this. Kids, it's a TikTok. It's a viral TikTok thing where kids are in uh, inhaling the chemical that people use to tan themselves, but it makes them tan or something like that. Yeah. And kids are saying, you know what? I, I don't care if I die 10 years earlier because I don't want to get old and ugly. So I don't care if I die. At least I'm going to look good. You know what I'm saying about that is uh, <laughs> it's called thinning the herd. So it reminded me of Sid. I'm sorry. We're, we're thinning the herd. It's, it's called evolution. <laughs> uh, you know, we get rid of the stupid people faster. And so uh, whatever, I'm fine with it. You know, less a fair, live and let live. You want to do that? Go ahead, stupid. Do it. And uh, we'll see you later. Uh, and Lydia, great report. Thank you, Lydia. Yes, thank you Great report. Cat, thank you Cats so much. Cats at night, 5 o'clock. We will have a great show for you. Of course, we'll be talking more about Ukraine, the economy, oil prices, everything that's going on in the world that you need to know. Cats at night, 5 o'clock with John Katzmatidis. I will be listening on the 77 WABC app.
do have a Barry Manilow song that Rob Shooter sent to me that he actually requested to be his intro music. But uh, we're going with Taylor Swift instead. We'll use the Barry Manilow stuff on the way out. Is that okay, Robbie? Absolutely. Can you believe this? Barry Manilow wrote me a theme song. I, can't I have a jingle. That. A jingle from the king himself. The last jingle he wrote was Dick Clark's bandstand. I'm yes. going half in. I'm yes. going half in. So I asked him if he'd write me a jingle, and he, he did. No, come on. I swear to God. You just asked Barry Manilow. Well, Manolo. there's a little more to it like that. There's always a, another story in New York. You guys had sex? Did you have sex? <laughs> I'm married. I'm married oh. to Barry's songwriting partner, Bruce Sussman. It, so Bruce wrote Copacabana. Stop it. I know. He really writes the no, songs. That, 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 that's your husband? That's my husband. You're kidding I me. know. Come and see Barry next time he's in New York. You'll I, get good I tickets. Love I love Barry. Oh, him. come on. I love Look at you. My favorite of all time. Which one? Bar- Mandy. Oh, you're a Mandy guy. Oh, forget it. Oh, forget it. Write the songs he stole from the Beach Boys, but, but he, he's, he's the best ever. Right. How are you, my friend? It's the first time in studio. It's very fancy for people listening. <laughs> it's a corner office here. If we were in an, an office, wherever you work, whoever gets the corner office is the boss. That's right. You're we're the, the boss. boss. You're we're the boss. the boss, yes. Uh, Bernie, are you there, Bernie? Is Bernard back yet? Yeah, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm black. Say hello to the great Rob Shooter, Bernard. Shooter, how you doing, Bernard, my lad? Bernard, I'm only here because of you. I'm such a fan. <laughs> how are you, my friend? I could be a lot worse, man. I love hearing your voice. I love your accent. It You're gets great. a little annoying after a while. No, 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 no. In no. fact, and, and I told you, my daughter Ava is still yeah, in London. Nice. Uh, she left on February 13th. She's coming back Saturday. She sent me pictures yesterday. She was uh, she did the Abbey Road Walk. She was in Notting Hill. She went to Madonna's house. She's looking at four universities there because she's going to move there in August probably and go to school there. Wow. So I'm losing my daughter. No, you're not yes. losing your and, daughter. And she's sitting around last night with her with her soon-to-be in-laws, and they're all kind of freaked out that the queen died. Well, it was wild, wasn't it? So yesterday... She did die, it, right? No, no. Queen's alive. Let's set the record straight right now before we get into right, this. Barely. One. New York blew up. The whole world blew up yesterday. So there's some clown on Instagram, who has two million followers, we're not going to mention his name, who announced the Queen was dead. He's not a journalist, he's not a reporter, he's not even a Brit, but he has two million followers. So oh, the whole it, media Jim Acosta? World, <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole media world went crazy yesterday, and I called everybody I know in the palace, and they were like, if she was dead, I would know, Rob. I right. would know. So she's not, she's alive, but she's in bad shape. She's 95, has COVID. They don't want... This amazing, amazing woman. They don't want this amazing story to end this way. So they really want her to get better. They also don't want Prince Charles and uh, ugly Camilla to be uh, the next king and queen. I mean, that is really gross. Well, the rumor is, is that Charles gave his mother COVID. So already (laughs) people are saying. I actually said that this morning, not knowing that that was the rumor, because I know these devious uh, creeps, uh, Charles and Camilla. I know. I, I, I got their number, bro. Can you imagine, though? It's the most effed up system in the world. The only way I can get the job is for you to die, Mommy. That's it. That's right. That's, I mean, it's worse than Survivor. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like this show, too. <laughs> One of us has to die, too. You end up doing mornings on WABC. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, I was in uh, Rosanna Scotto's restaurant last Saturday Very with nice. my beautiful wife, Danielle. Hello, Danielle. And, hello, Danielle. The first person I saw was Ramona Singer. So, you know, I'm a big housewife yeah. guy. Over the years, it was really New Jersey I got into. No longer, no longer, but I still watch every now and then. And Ramona was very nice last Saturday. Then you sent me something yesterday. Ooh. Real Housewives of New York 
is going to be canceled. It's in a ton of trouble. So for the first time in the decade that show has been on, they don't have a film date. So after last season, where the numbers dropped shockingly low, they didn't do a reunion. This is where they well, all they didn't get do back a together. Because everybody was mad at our former colleagues who used to work here, Ebony Williams. They're mad with Ebony. But get this, it's in their contract that they have to do it. So once you start breaking contracts with Bravo, they don't mess about. They love you being animals on the show. But if you like that in the office at Bravo, you're in trouble. So be crazy on the show, but when you're dealing with the bosses, you've got to suck it up. It's like a job, I guess, like any other job. So they didn't do a reunion. They have a problem on their hands. This franchise, this this particular one, New York, has become so toxic and so sort of controversial, they don't want that spilling over and killing the golden goose, the other franchise. So at the moment, they're debating, should we hire new girls? Should we fire them? Should we we call it a different name? Maybe the ladies of New York and change it and bring it out of the franchise. So it's not looking good, and particularly for Ramona Singer, who's been on since day one, the only original girl left. Luann came and went, but only Ramona has been on every episode. I think she's gone. Wow. I think she's gone. Wow. This is really a, a tragedy. Is what it is. <laughs> this is worse than the Queen Elizabeth being dead to you, isn't it? Uh, this is, uh, this is all, how are we going to pro- proceed with, without the Real Housewives of New York? Hey, listen, a Rob Shooter, he's a great gossip columnist. You can tell he's a fun guy. Uh, you have a lot of thoughts about... Uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Ooh, you know, I, mean, I used uh, to work for Jen all those years ago. Before I was an amazing gossip columnist, let me say it myself. You Before, are amazing. Th- thank you very much. Amazing. And very, very cute. Uh, I was adorable. I'm not gay, but for a no. couple of bucks, you oh, never know. come on, Sid. You have a, you have a little <laughs> yeah. bit of movement today in those regions. <laughs> little <laughs> bit of movement below the, the movement. Desk. That's funny. <laughs> um, I used to work for J-Lo, so I was a publicist, and I worked for Jen when she was dating Ben part one. And I wrote their breakup statement with Jen on the phone. Imagine that. She called her publicist to say, they do this celebrity. You have to call your publicist. I'm breaking up. Let's do a statement. They're back together. I think it's the real deal. I I say it was the right love at the wrong time. These two love each other. They love the attention too, but they love each other. I agree. They're going to get married. I think they're going to get married. I think this is the right time for them. Uh, she got the rest of that nonsense out of her system. Alex Rodriguez, blah, blah, blah. He did what he had to do. I think they're good. But one a couple that I don't buy that is monopolizing a lot of our entertainment airtime, also talking about marriage, is Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. Whoa. They can't be serious, Rob. Like John McEnroe <laughs> would say, you can't be serious. <laughs> Are they serious? They're serious. This is wild. So the new issue of Us Weekly comes out tomorrow. I saw it before it came out. Look at that. Um, they're on the cover tomorrow. They are talking marriage. He, How? Well, he He's so ugly. You know what? He lived in my building for a while in Chelsea. Yeah. This sounds so weird, guys. I'm sorry. I saw him walking out of the bank, and I didn't see his face. I saw his bottom. And I was like, that guy's got swagger. There's something about Pete Davidson. What? Swagger. He's they an idiot. Say, what do you mean swagger? He's an idiot. Let me say he again. He America. <laughs> he looks like crap. He's I mean, a Staten Island goon. <laughs> I mean, his father was a hero. I'll give him that. Absolutely, he died 9-11. Yeah. And, and the movie King of Staten Island, he's actually very, very Funny good. Funny movie. But for the most part, the guy's a jerk off. He, he moves fast. He got engaged to Ariana Grande within weeks. He's another loser. And you know, <laughs> Kim moves pretty fast. What I'm told by people who, who know Kim really well is he makes her laugh. Sid, this is why I love you. It's not just those guns. You are a funny yeah. guy, my friend. You made me laugh. If you make somebody laugh, we honestly think of all the time. True, true. We work out or we get a haircut or we try to buy nice clothes. Just make somebody laugh That's and true. you will win their heart. You know, Rob, there's an old saying that uh, if you make a girl laugh, you're halfway up her leg. Oh! oh. 
And if you make a boy laugh, boom. Bingo. I mean, that's an actual old maxim, believe it or not. Uh, you know, let me ask you this question, just briefly back to uh, J-Lo. Mm-hmm. How stupid, ridiculous. She's got a movie out where her love interest is Owen Wilson. I mean, how, who could suspend disbelief to believe <laughs> that J-Lo would go, after A-Rod and, uh, uh, you know, even uh, Ben Affleck, uh, be, be linked up with a dweeb like he's Owen so Wilson? Cool. I mean, really give me a cool break. He he's, cool I mean, he's done a lot of uh, rom-coms also, too. It wasn't going to be Owen Wilson. It was going to be Armored Hammer. That's correct. Before he bit somebody, and now he's a cannibal. No, that's that story? true. <laughs> it was going to be him. By the way, Owen Wilson, people don't realize this. He's done movies with J-Lo before. They did The first movie together was a movie called Anaconda. Anaconda. Which was a terrible movie. I love that but movie. They were that that big snake's yes. going to bite you. It's a theme today, isn't it? It's terrible. And so, no, I think well, the premise of the movie, though, is it's not too big a stretch. J-Lo plays a movie star. It's J-Lo. And she falls in love with a nobody. Mr. Wilson? Right. Sounds pretty good to me. Hello. So, so you're going to see it? It's well, you, you, you know, know J-Lo very close. You, you, and whatever well, she does. Yeah, I mean, she stole it from Notting Hill. Did you see the Julia Roberts Hugh movie? Grant. It's the same movie. Same movie, it's the same yes. Movie. Yes. God bless her. Hugh Didn't Grant do so well at the box office, but I think... J-Lo now makes all her money from fragrances and products. And well, she does the, uh, the, also the, uh, those little bites that you do in the workout clothing. She, she does, does the workout clothing. She looks great now. Celebrity yeah. now is strange, isn't it? You don't make money now from being a singer or right. a dancer no, or an no, actor. No, you no, make even it from... though you are an admitted homosexual. Have you much? Yeah. Would you, would you have sex with Jennifer Lopez? Absolutely not. And I've seen really? her without her makeup, and she just, she's, she's <laughs> that beautiful, too. She oh, is. I'm not saying I wouldn't have sex with her because, because she doesn't wear makeup. Right. She's one of the most stunning people I've ever met. A lot of us, including me, yeah. don't Look so good with that a little oh, bit. Of that look, day. Yeah, Thank you very much. Very much. Have, you, have you ever had sex with a woman? Never. I'm what they call in, in the gay world yeah. a gold star gay. <laughs> Which means wow. that I've never. So, and you've never been attracted even Never. Really? I mean, when I was born, I closed my eyes. I've never yeah. seen a vagina. It's not my thing. Really? And never. Yeah. Always been gay. Always been gay. I know. Yeah. Have you always been a straight person? Never. <laughs> uh, no, he hasn't always it's been. All could... big, it's all one big. one big. Oh, what are you, Bernie? Will you Bernie? stop? Come on. I know things. <laughs> Bernie. we got to talk, Bernie. No, we will. Uh, listen, on the way out then, uh, other than the four major stories we just covered just now, yes, give yes, us yes. one more juicy story on the way out. They'll give you a blind item. So what a blind item is is where I give you all the details, all the facts, but I take out the celebrity name because I will be sued, so I can't be sued. That's why. So I know who this person is. I know who is. I can't say. I might wink if you get it right. There's a certain celebrity at the moment, a gentleman, uh-huh. who might have put on a little bit of weight, and now he's in talks with weight loss companies to make a fortune about a few extra pounds. I know who it is. Who is it? Denzel Washington. Uh-uh-uh. It's not? No, he it's, got a, it's a singer. Who a are we singer. talking Bernie, about? Bernie, you got any ideas? A singer. A singer. A singer uh, who would got be, uh, Ed, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Oh, no. I can't say it. You can say it. I, I, I'm not well, going to say well, it's well, right well, or wrong. I'll say this. I'll well, say on. this. Uh, this guy that you just wrote down, this guy complained in the New York Post last week that people were complaining about all the weight he gained when they saw him during the Super Bowl halftime show. <gasps> no more said, my friends. We'll get in trouble. Know. Right. Yes, away. And it wasn't Dr. Dre. You know what it is now, Bernie? You know what it is? Uh, no. Uh, somebody gained weight. Yeah, he performed during the, Su- the Super Bowl halftime show, and he got very heavy, and he was very upset. Oh, with I know who it is. I know exactly oh, who it is. Oh. It's 50 Cent. Oh. I know what time it is. I have no idea, gentlemen. As a matter of fact, he he was wearing a white wife beater. I'm like, hey, dude, 
Lose right. about 30 pounds before you take this, uh, you yeah. know, the Super Bowl uh, halftime yep. and, and wear a white wife beater <laughs> with way, all that, b- that big paunch you have there. Because of uh, Joe Biden's inflation, he now costs himself 25 cents. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you were brilliant today. I, well, you come in every, every week. Yeah, I do. I do across the street, so I come up. That's why I'm all made up, gentlemen. Honestly, your control room's oh, looking were, at you're, me. You were on Newsmax. I do Newsmax on Wednesdays, and then I'm going to run over to you. Whether or not you want me, I don't care. Just I'm come coming. over. I made friends yeah. with the security guard downstairs. So <laughs> no, no, we I love you. You come back. Back, bro. Come back. <laughs> they run the place. They're the best gossip in town. A little tip here. If you want to get gossip about people, yeah. be nice to taxi drivers, oh, yes. Uber drivers. And doormen. Doormen. Doormen know everything. Know everything. I know. Should I give you a little yeah. tip here? This is so scandal. This is like, this is inside baseball. <laughs> the reason I know the Queen has not passed How do you know? is that we had a photographer in LA watching Harry and Meghan. When they get on a plane in a rush, that's when you know. Ah. When Harry gets on a plane, she's in trouble. Got it. There you have it, folks. That is the genius, (laughs) the naughty gossip columnist. He's great on Instagram, too. Newsmax every Wednesdays, and hopefully every week with me and Bernard. Rob Shooter. Rob, it's great having you, buddy. You look great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bernard. Next time I have to see you, this one's driving me crazy. I look forward to that day, (laughs) Rob. Actually, you were great. Terrific. I'm amazing. Love the accent. Love the attitude. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. My favorite host. Uh, Here you go. We'll come back with the fourth (laughs) and final hour of Bernie and Sid right after these short messages. Bob Shooter just sent me such a wonderful compliment, and he loved being on the show with me and Bernard, and my phone is blowing up. I mean it. People loved, loved that segment. He's been on with us before, and he does, uh, my phone does tend to um, buzz quite a bit. But uh, today, live in studio, of his Newsmax appearance this morning, he really rocked it. And it was great having him, and he's a super guy. You can follow Rob on Instagram. He's a fun follow, at Naughty Gossip Columnist. And uh, he puts out this uh, column every week. Remember last week, the headline was super uh, sexy Sid Rosenberg, ABC voice, now a supermodel, blah, blah, blah. He's very nice to me and Bernard. And uh, we loved having him, so thank you to um, to Rob Shooter. Then somebody just sent me a text, and they said, were you serious earlier when you asked Lydia and Bernie the question about Putin or Biden? And when you were you serious in your response? I'm dead serious. I am dead serious. I don't care if you hate me. Uh, given the choice tomorrow... Putin or Biden to run this country? I'm taking Putin. Well, listen, it all depends on, uh, you know, his policy. If he comes to the United States and it's a ridiculous uh, hypothesis. Of course it is. Of course. But but, but let's play along. If he comes to the United States and he shows the uh, love of the United States that he displays for his love of Russia and he puts the United States first, America first, 
and he wants to us, you know, to have the mo- uh, the the uh, a vibrant energy sector, for example, lowering gas prices, all that stuff. And he wants to crack down on criminals, lock all the the the, the, yep. the miscreants and uh, all these 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 thugs up, lock them up. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, but, but, I mean, they, but that's in, what we're looking for. Right, but in this in this ridiculous hypothetical, that's the assumption that he's not going to come here and want to destroy the country. Right, exactly. But the, the difference is, is that he's a real leader. Biden is not. And no one is going to intimidate uh, Vladimir Putin. In other words, AOC and uh, even Barack Obama, these losers, they're not going to intimidate Putin. So give me a guy who's going to rule the way he wants to rule, assuming like you're saying he wants the best for this country. And I'm taking him over Biden eight days a week. In other words, he puts uh, Russia first because he's the Russian leader. What Donald like, Trump did just here. Like that, that's exactly, he just took the words out of my mouth. Just like Donald Trump did here, put America first because he's the American leader. That's what you should do. That's what leaders of countries do. They put their own people first. Everybody does that. And uh, let the chips fall where they may. So under this ridiculous hypothesis, yes, we would take uh, Putin over the yeah. old imbecile in chief right now who yeah. is completely being uh, handled and misused by people who hate this country. Right. I mean, he's just he doesn't you can't see the leash that you can see on a dog. But uh, there's one on him. You know, listen, this and Lydia's like, well, he, he'll kills people. Don't be don't be so naive. OK, I got news for you. There's probably 100 people dead. Everybody loved Bill Clinton. I love Bill Clinton. I loved him. First term, I loved Bill Clinton. It all fell apart in the second term. And we know, of course, the poor bastard Bush took over. And everything that Bill Clinton allowed to happen was going to unravel. And it did. And he happened to be the next guy in. But I loved him the first term. There's like 100 people dead that were in and around that Clinton, that whole Clinton hey. world from way back when. So don't be so naive when you start talking about, well, he kills people. There have been government leaders in this country, too, that um, people uh, died in and around their presidencies. Listen, the, the Clintons killed more people than uh, Ted Bundy and David Berkowitz combined. <laughs> and the latest was that uh, French designer, who, who, whoever it was, who, quote-unquote, committed suicide uh, in France, Jeffrey Epstein's friend. Oh, they uh, killed him? Well, no, he's, he, uh, like I said, quote, unquote, he committed suicide. No, no, but do you think they killed him, too? Of course. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, come on. The, uh, but the body count just keeps piling up, and, and, and there's going to be more to come. I mean, this whole uh, uh, Epstein thing spurred a new round of uh, assassinations and uh, killings on the part of the uh, Clintons. If, if you ask me, in my humble opinion, do I, know any, do I have any facts to back any of this stuff up? Hell no. We don't want but facts. It's just, it's just a hunch. We don't need facts. Facts are boring. We don't need facts. Right. Fact, facts are stupid. Yeah, two more things, and then we'll get back to Bernie's uh, news of the day. One of those is, I hope he's wrong about Ramona. I never really liked Ramona. She's kind of loud and annoying on the Real Housewives of New York, but she was so nice at the restaurant last Saturday that I left the place. I'm like, I kind of like Ramona now. That's me. That's how I am. I change the job of a hat. So uh, I hope that uh, she keeps her job. If, in fact, they keep the Housewives of New York on the air, Ebony Williams destroyed that whole show and maybe the whole franchise all by herself. You got to give her wow. some credit. Takes it's, it's pretty good. And as we discussed earlier, you know, a couple of months ago, when we were discussing this, uh, Ebony Williams was such she's she everything nice, sugar and spice. We and loved nice. her. We loved her. I mean, who knew that she had this uh, this streak in her, uh, or or was it? Uh, all an act. I mean, I just can't figure it out. She was just such a nice, 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 nice person. So nice. And then she becomes this radical, you know, BLM-type person on the uh, show and ruins the show because she racialized it. Uh, so it really is inexplicable. By the way, we had uh, 
Who was the one we had in Luann, the, the Lesseps? Uh, we had the Countess Luann in studio. The count, yes. The countess, yes. Right. Yeah, you liked her. Nice. You liked Luann. She actually had a nice personality. I was, I was shocked. I she was, was expecting good. some yeah. sort of snob. She wasn't at all. No. No, no. She was a regular. Well, uh, you know, listen, a lot of these girls, and, and we, we know a lot of them, you and I, <laughs> a few better than others. They, uh, you know, when they come on the air, you meet them in person, they're, they're, they're nice. You know, you kind of like them. It's when you start to find out who they really are. That you come to find that uh, all they care about is is money and cars and houses, and they're, they're they're as shallow as the character depicts. But when you meet them, some of them are cute, some of them are very very nice. We know that, but um, you know the the character is probably closer to who they are than the ten minutes you get in studio right. with you and I. Does right. that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Hey, listen, we were speaking to strong leaders before. Uh, well, of course, uh, I, I, maybe you, I, I imagine you, uh, to some extent, miss Donald Trump and his leadership. I mean, you know, he actually got uh, NATO. He he made he strengthened NATO. He hurt uh, uh, Putin by strengthening NATO, by shaming them into paying their fair share. And so they have a lot more money, a lot more uh, equipment, and they're more united now than they were ever in the past, I don't know, 20 years or whatever the hell it is. That was Donald Trump. And, of course, we were energy independent and all that stuff. And he called all this, uh, like Germany, for example, being dependent on Russian oil and gas and uh, coal and all that stuff. By the way, Germany went green. They went totally green. And uh, all this solar stuff and the wind stuff. And then you know what happened over the summer? The wind didn't blow. The wind, the wind did not blow, and they, 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 they had horrible problems with power, and their gas prices are like five times what ours are at the pump, about five times what ours are. Uh, so they're in trouble. They're dependent on Russia big time, especially now that uh, you know uh, we allowed the uh, the pipeline to to uh, be built, and the fact that we they don't buy any stuff from us because. Well, Joe Biden uh, essentially crippled our energy sector. But here is Trump in, I believe it's 2018, predicting all this. Listen to a Donald J. Trump, President Trump at the time. Take a listen. Well, I have to say, I think uh, it's very sad when Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia. So we're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia. And I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that's supplying the gas. Ultimately, Germany will have almost 70% of their country controlled by with natural gas. So you tell me, is that appropriate? I mean, we've, I've been complaining about this from the time I got in. It should have never been allowed to have happened. But Germany is totally controlled by Russia. So he called it back then, and now, of course, Germany's backing off from that because yep. of what's happening now. Yep. And they're totally screwed. That they're screwed up. They don't know what to do. They, I mean, it's it's just a, a total hot mess. And again, the strong leader, uh, Donald Trump, called it out back then, as he called out a lot of things. Oh, he did. And you know, ultimately, I'm always right. Yeah. Do I miss Donald Trump? I can tell you that uh, in my book, Citizens United, which you can pre-order right now on Amazon, co-written by Johnny Russo, forward written by the great Bernard McGurk himself, and was a great forward. Uh, there's a whole chapter on how much I do miss Trump. And uh, stating facts about Trump's presidency, it is really well written and really detailed. 
And uh, honest, too, I talk about not voting for Trump back in 2016, but completely coming around. Sure, I miss him. I miss him desperately. And at the same time, there's another chapter in the book detailing all the mistakes of the Biden administration. So if you're a Trump supporter, whether you're a, a, a pretty strong Trump supporter like me or a complete, uh, you know, psycho like Bernard, you're going to love the book uh-huh. because it is very, very pro-Trump, very anti-Joe Biden. And uh, along with the other stuff in the book, Tom Brady, my father, my son, uh, reality television. I mean, there's a ton of stuff in the book that you'll enjoy, even even some of the stuff that Rob Shooter just discussed. Not the most important things in the world, but certainly very entertaining. That's what the book is. You can order it right now at Amazon.com. And again, the foreword written by our very own Bernard McGurk. one eight- a lot of malarkey. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Still lots more to come. That's the number. You want to play Beat Bernie coming up at 940. Your chance at a $100 gift card. Compliments of the great Pete Morgan and the folks at Peerless Spoilers and a WABC Barry House coffee mug. We'll come back with another segment and then Beat Bernie coming up at 940 on this, the Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid. Not really. Uh, back on the Bernie and Sid show, Janice Joplin. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCradio.tv. I hope you tuned in to check out this guy, Rob Shooter. He's really, he's funny and he's very, very colorful in his dress and, of course, his use of language and uh, just an all-around... Nice guy. Nice guy. Can you say flamboyant? Is that a... No, he's very flamboyant. You he can is. say that, right? Yeah. He, he's, yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he'll be the first to admit that. I know you're sometimes gay, flamboyant, but he's very gay and he's very flamboyant. Again, given the opportunity, he's very close with J-Lo. He said he wouldn't have sex with her. So he is, uh, as he called himself, the gold standard gay guy. Yeah. Uh, he's very flamboyant and awesome. He's, he's been on the show three or four times. He's been amazing every time. Can you imagine that, though? Uh, I mean, you know, all your life, you, you, I, it's just, you know, I accept it, of course, and I believe it, but it's still inconceivable, really. It's hard to uh, embrace I know. that you would be born that way and not be attracted to, you know, the, the opposite sex. Well, just, I mean, uh, I, you know, I know a couple of gay guys, for example, that they've still had sex. You know who's like that is, uh, is our old friend Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo was gay, then he wasn't gay, then he was a gay, and now he's not right. gay. Now he's not. But um, I know a lot of guys like that who kind of go back and forth. But I do know three or four that have been strictly with men. I think, I think Michael Brincott has only been with guys. You know, gay Mike over at Maimonides. But I'm not 100% yeah. sure. I mean, it just, uh, you know, honestly, it just, uh, it turns my stomach to think about it. But uh, yeah. that, that doesn't mean I reject it or, uh, or cast any judgment on anybody that accepts it and embraces it and, and, and is that. It's just uh, it's just an odd thing to me. But anyway, I love that guy, Rob Shooter. And, uh, you know, some of these gay guys do that because they let the woman lets their guard down. Like, I know women that are not afraid, for example, I'm being serious, to change in front of a guy if he's gay because he doesn't pose a threat. So, I've, you know, women, I've seen women on sets 
you know, take their shirt off, take their bra off. And I'm like, there's a guy there. He's gay. Don't worry about it. And I always think to myself, what if he's not? You know, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the guy that, that, that says, now I'm a woman, walks into a girl's locker room and, and a girl's getting changed. What if the guy really isn't gay? And he just says that. It could happen, oh, yeah. no? Of course it could happen. And it happens all the time, uh, honestly. I mean, you can... You can play it either way, and nobody really, nobody really knows. I nobody mean, knows. And, and these days, nobody can question you either, right? Because uh, you know, I mean, that is just uh, the point is, don't trust anybody. <laughs> trust nobody, right? Now, uh, listen, somebody uh, back to this uh, the, the newsy part of the uh, show here. Of course, uh, the war in uh, Russia, Ukraine, whatever. I'm so sick of talking about it. So sick of hearing about it. It's a huge distraction. What happened up in Canada is much more important than what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. I did Peter King, now refresh my memory, I asked him to explain what our national security interest is. Right. And as best to my knowledge, it goes like this. It's like, well, if you let Putin do what he wants, everybody else is going to do what they want. Right. I mean, is that real? Is that it? Is that, you know, ultimately... You might send, uh, you know, your best and brightest young men to go die for for a country, Ukraine, that uh, is not a democracy. It's really uh, it's a corrupt state, a kleptocracy run by a former stand up comic. Is is so that's that's the rationale. I mean, well, well, to I'm your point, to your point, I asked Rich Lowry uh, Monday and the week before the same question. And he also it was more. um abstract than it was practical it was like well you know you don't want somebody just moving from territory to territory exactly what peter king said today so to your point i've asked some very very smart people and you have the last couple of weeks bill o'reilly too to really nail down what the problem is and for me to your point i have not really been sold on any of those answers none no thank you me neither uh, uh, listen uh uh, obviously, Putin didn't pull anything, didn't try to pull anything under Donald Trump because Donald Trump, uh, you know, instilled fear and respect in these people. So we know that now we got this uh, weakling, this feeble old imbecile and uh, his 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 stupid uh, slept my way to the top vice president uh, wearing her mask out in Munich, uh, you know, f- throwing out what they're now calling word salads, making no sense. Everybody's laughing at us. So. If, uh, if if Putin now takes over the Ukraine under these conditions, I would under- we would understand. I mean, uh, you know, you would understand that he's doing it because he can do it. Uh, so there's no, again, national security. So once he does it, he takes over these two regions, Donetsk or whatever the hell, these, these, these separatist regions. So he takes it over. So what? So then what happens? I mean, China's still going to do what they're going to do under this uh, – cavalcade of clown leadership that we have they're still going to do it with taiwan so we should back off it's really not our business Uh, i i still don't see the national security interest it is like a civil war again the ukrainians and the russians are really one and the same they're just like the sunnis and the shiites but they have a beef they have minor differences and uh it's not worth us getting involved to, to the extent that we are and and blowing this up Way out of proportion. Once uh, uh, Putin takes over these regions, and let's say he, that, that's all he does, what difference does it make it to my daily life? How does that change my daily life? What do I care? 
I mean, I just don't care whatsoever. Well, what, what, Americans don't care. Americans care about getting pushed in front of a subway. They care about paying $5 a gallon in gas and, and, and their home heating oil going up 50%, stuff like that. Right. That's what they care about. So, uh, once again, I do not see, uh, I, I don't see why, why this uh, warrants all this interest and coverage and involvement on the part of our country and media, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, Peter King did really, really didn't satiate my, uh, no, me either. my appetite for an answer. None of them have. Honest with you. None of them have. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, basically a game of risk, and Putin's going to move from here to there and take over territories. And, you know, maybe I guess he talked about going to Poland. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He mentioned, the, he mentioned NATO countries. Putin is not suicidal. If he goes and, and touches any of the Baltic countries, which are Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, those are NATO countries. If he touches Poland uh, or any of those countries along uh, the Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe uh, that border his country, uh, with the exception of Ukraine, which is not part of NATO, I mean, then we're treaty-bound to respond, and we would have to, and we would, in conjunction with Europe, and we would crush him. So, uh, you know, it would be an ugly situation, but he's not suicidal. He knows he can get away with the Ukraine thing. Right. But he would never get away with the invading or messing with a NATO country. So here comes another hypothetical um, in the spirit of the Biden or Putin. Uh, and, of course, not to anger or upset the Ukrainians and Russians listening right now in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. <laughs> okay. And, by the way, nothing against any of you folks out there. No. Uh, nothing no. against you. It's just, uh, you know. Right. It's halfway around the world. It's, it's just not our business. Right. So what anger? What angers you more, the possibility that the Russians will invade Ukraine or what the Super Bowl halftime show showed America? I'm being honest about it. I'm being serious. What, what, what angers you more? Uh, the, the halftime show by a mile. By a mile? By, by 10 miles. Really? Absolutely. I, I mean, the, the, the Russian thing, I, again... I turn it on. I do it because we have to cover it, and uh, you know you have to call out the uh, the fools running our country these days. But uh, yeah, that that to allow a guy who just a few months ago wrote a new lyric, uh, telling black people, telling young black males, stop shooting each other and go start shooting some cops, uh, that infuriates me, uh, you know, uh, exponentially more. Than what's happening in uh, Ukraine, uh, Russia, etc. Me too. So I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the same exact. Bottom page. line, Sydney. I think we agree on everything this morning. We agree that uh, Peter King and Rich Lowry didn't give us a good enough answer to care about no. the Russia and the Ukraines. We agree about uh, Putin versus Biden. We agree on on this one, the halftime show versus the conflict in in the Ukraine. I think we agree on everything. Trump, hey, we miss you know Trump. What? I hate to make this analogy because well, there's no reason really to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. All the people who are for the Iraq war, they're the same people that are for us getting more involved in this uh, Russia-Ukraine I'd be careful mess. with that. I'd be careful. I-, I was okay with the Iraq war. I wasn't enthusiastic, but I thought we did the right thing, and I am completely against this. So I'd be careful with saying all the people. Okay, with with certain exceptions, but uh, but but but... For the most part, people like Lindsey Graham, yeah, all the usual. Well, suspects. those are warmongers. You know, the Lindsey's a warmonger. The chicken hawks, the chicken yeah. hawks that yeah. we used to call them. What was the name of the guy Bernie that ended up serving under Donald Trump, and then he pissed him off, and he got rid of him? Um, uh, Mattis. Yeah, uh, no, not Mattis. No, 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 no. The guy, with the, uh, white, the white hair, the gray hair, and he was a real warmonger. I mean, a real one. I, I, and you, you hated his guts. 
Oh, oh this John Bolton. Yeah. Yes, John Bingo. Bolton. Yeah. Very oh, good. He's b- perfect example. Perfect example. That guy right there. And and by the way, is he sending any of his sons? Is is he fighting himself? No, it's easy to send other people's kids out there. And you know what's yeah. funny about what you just said? I hate um, hate a strong word, but I really dislike. Who's the fat? Oh, here I go again. The fat guy, the producer. The, he did uh, bowling for Columbine, Fahrenheit. Michael nine, Moore. Michael Moore. Michael Moore. So you remember in the movie Fahrenheit nine eleven? He's standing outside of Congress, and as the politicians are walking out, he's like, "Hey." You want to send your kid to Iraq? You want to send your kid to Iraq? And I remember saying to myself, damn, I don't want to give this guy any credit because I can't stand him. But he's actually asking them a pretty good question. And you just did that just now. That's what Michael Moore did in that movie, Fahrenheit 911. Honestly, that should be the barometer right there. If, if, if you're willing to send your kid over to die for if, uh, any hypothetical cause, Russia, Ukraine, Iraq, whatever it is. I mean, that should be the barometer. You, you, either you are or you're not. You, you can't say, no, no, I'm going to send this, uh, these other people over. You just can't do that uh, because that, that's what's at stake here. I mean, people die. People die. And it, it's usually, uh, you know, for the most part, it's people uh, working class. It's not the elites that go to college and all that stuff. No. It's people who are trying to make their way in the world who can't afford college, who join the military so that they can get money for college when they get out. Well, what's and the name wrote wrong. that book? It was such a good book. It's not the people here. It's not the people in Boca Raton or Los Angeles. But, but uh, the book was A Flyover Nation. It's a great book. What is her name? She's a very popular female radio host. Kind of cute. Uh, Dana Lesh? Yes! Uh, oh, you were on fire this morning. I didn't like that, bro. But but she writes about all those states where all you've got is a, is a three-legged dog and a small backyard and an American flag. And those are the kids who don't have the opportunities that our children have, for example. They live in a fake world that right. are going to die every single day, and it's just not right. That and, and, and kids in the inner, inner city. They, they, yeah. To escape the inner city, they join the military. I, I was one of those guys, uh, p- pretty much from the inner city and i joined the military just to get the hell out of where i was uh i mean you know i'm I'm, I'm, pretty much i was looking for some adventure as well it was kind of crazy but uh but yeah i was one of those people so those are the people that fight the wars and if you're not willing to send your own kid to take him out of yale and send him to iraq or send him to russia or ukraine uh we have we have no business being there and you have no business espousing that we should be there let me make this very very clear I don't want to send my son Gabriel anywhere to fight, so I'm against There you it. go, and yeah. I don't blame you. I don't want to send my son either. Not that he wouldn't go if, uh, you know, if the country was at stake and it was a, we had a real national security threat. My son wouldn't but, go. But not these, <laughs> these fakakta, stupid, uh, you know, halfway around the world uh, or civil wars that we get involved in that we, we have no business being involved in. It's time to beat Bernie. Trying to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tables oh, Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Bye. Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. The great Jackie Goldschneider, the only housewife of New Jersey I like, her and her husband Evan, she goes, oh, I love these two guys. The picture of me and Rob Shooter on Instagram. You can find the Bernie and Sid Instagram page at It's Bernie and Sid. My Instagram page, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, not at Sid Rosenberg. Haven't used that one in about 10 months. And um, we're on Twitter, too, at Bernie and Sid, at Sid Rosenberg, and Facebook, too. So thank you to, uh, to Jackie. 
TikTok. And TikTok, too. That's right. At Bernie and Sid, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, just at Bernie. Or, I think it's, it's Bernie and Sid. Lisa doesn't like any of the Housewives shows, right? Your girlfriend, you know? No, she watches, uh, you know, The Bachelor. And Is The Bachelor watches- still good? Listen, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't sit down there and uh, watch be, it with it, right? Be like slightly right. entertained. Oh, so you like it? I don't care to admit that, right? But, uh, <laughs> right, right. But I just did. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's play Beat Bernie. Your chance at a hundred bucks. Compliments of Pete Morgan and Peter Spoilers. Bruce is down in Florida. He's in sales. Good morning, Bruce. How are you, pal? Good morning, Sid. How are you? I'm good. What part of Florida are you in? Uh, South Florida, Cooper City. I know Cooper City very, very well. Brian Piccolo Park. How about that? Yes, sir. The great uh, running back out of Wake Forest. And, uh, of course, he was Gail Sayers' roommate. Gail Sayers' roommate. The, the great movie. Hey, um, Brian's song. Yes, Brian's song. That's right. Cooper City. So are you there right now? Yeah. Oh, you, so you listen to us every day on the app? Every day. And were Every you a, day from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Now, were you a fan of mine when I was doing sports radio down there in Miami for those 10 years? Absolutely. I followed you through your trials and tribulations. Oh, thank you, Bruce. I appreciate the continued loyalty. I really appreciate that. Now, have I met you in Florida? I met you at Cerrone's up in Sample Road. We were a little banged up. Oh, I must. I was probably more than a little banged up. Let's be honest. Uh, Sample <laughs> Road, but like the All Star Cafe. Like, where, where was that? No, Cerrone's. Uh, it was. Uh, I think it was Cerrone's. It was Sample Road and Powerline. Yeah, well, I used to work right there. That's where the old six forty studios used to be. Right, right, right over yeah, there. So I was, I was coming home from work, and I heard you were there, so I went and saw you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we were a little banged up. <laughs> Well, it's good to have you back, Bruce. Thank you for uh, listening all these years, and thanks for playing the game today, and good luck. Okay, pal? Thank you, sir. Here we go. Who was the current United States Secretary of State? Blinken. Yes. In 2012, which state became the first in the United States to legalize gay marriage? Was it A, California, B, your home state of Florida, or C, Maine? Maine. That's right. Two for two. My man Bruce off to a good start. I'm rooting for Bruce. How do historians refer to the time period in the 1730s and 1740s when American colonists began embracing secular rationalism over religion? Tough. Nope. Say that again. It would be how do historians Brian, refer to it? Yeah, it's, it's called, it was called the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. Number four, Bruce, you're two out of three. 1964, what act ended the application of Jim Crow laws and reversed the Supreme Court's separate but equal decision made in Plessy versus Ferguson? What act? Civil Rights Act. That's right. And finally, who was the first United States president? To be impeached. Uh, that's way back. Uh, no. Incorrect. Wrong. 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 Andrew Johnson, it was way back in yeah, 1868. Right. Still went three out of five, Bruce. You did a very, very good job. I enjoyed our conversation. We'll throw you on hold and see if Bernie fares any better. Bernie, you there, pal? I'm here, bro. Four is a winner, okay? Four is a winner. I like what I hear. Number one, my man. Who was the current United States Secretary of State? That would be the uh, woke-tard Anthony Blinken. Correct. 
Bernie, in 2012, which state became the first in the United States to legalize gay marriage? Was it A, California, B, Florida, C, Maine? 2012. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to uh, – it's either Cali or Maine. I'd go with Cali. Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. You had it right. It was Maine. Maine. Uh, Damn. Now, if you get these last three right, you win. If you get two out of three right, you tie. Any less than that. And Bruce is a winner today. Here's number three. How do historians refer to the time period, Bernie, in the 1730s and 1740s when American colonists began embracing secular rationalism over religion? Secular rationalism over religion. Yeah, what was that called? I guess you call it the Enlightenment. Oh, that's a great guess. It's actually called the Great Awakening, but that's a good guess. All right, if you get the last two right, you tie. 1964, Bernard, what act ended the application of Jim Crow laws and reversed the Supreme Court's separate but equal decision made in Plessy versus Ferguson? That would be, uh, if I said Brown versus Board of Education, that would be wrong. Right. It would be the uh, Civil Rights Act. Correct. And here's your opportunity to end this game at a tie today, Bernard. Who was the first United States president to be impeached? The first to be impeached was uh, Andrew Johnson. Correct. Back in 1868, Bernie and Bruce played 2-8-3-3 tie today. Bernard, say hello to Bruce down in uh, Cooper City down in Florida. Bruce, how you doing, my brother? Hey, Bernard, my prayers for you, your recovery. Thank you, man. Uh Bruce, I so, sent so, you those bumper stickers, the crapping and napping. What's that? Say it again. I sent you those bumper stickers, the crapping and napping. Let's uh-huh. go, Brandon. That is funny. I like it. I like it a lot. Hey, are you in the uh, panhandle, Bruce? No, I'm way down in Fort Lauderdale, just west of Fort oh, Lauderdale. Sweet, man. You're living the life. We're all envious of you. Uh, you're loving it down there or what? Oh, I moved out of New York. I grew up in Austin, New York, and then I moved down here uh, 35 years ago. I actually met Bruce when I was down there hosting shows. In fact, he recollects the last time he saw me, his quote was, Bernard, I met you at a place uh, by your old studios, and uh, we were both, quote-unquote, pretty banged up. (laughs) Uh, That's a nice euphemism. Uh, That was me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Hey, uh, Bernard, I, I used to hang out at Long Beach. And you've been to Dannemora. Uh, I've been to Dannemora. You mean the prison? Yeah, I've been there. My friend was, uh, his father was the, the uh, superintendent there. Oh, wow. I, I could have known him back in the day when I was doing my time. But uh, either way, I got through it fine. Well, well, listen, Bruce. Are you uh, at Dannemora, actually? You served time there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did time. <laughs> Some time, bro. Cut that. I did it standing out of my head, though, because I'm a man. That's how I do. <laughs> But, All right, uh, Bruce. Thank you, buddy. Bruce, Bruce <laughs> thanks, kidding. buddy. Thanks for the call. Thanks, thanks for uh, playing. Hey, I love you guys, man. Be good. We love you, too. 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number. 1-800-848-9222. Just ahead of a monster show tomorrow. Tomorrow, guests include Valerie Bertinelli, Bill O'Reilly, Governor David Patterson, Ben Carson, maybe Roy White. Going to be a great show tomorrow. We will close out this show, the Hump Day Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid, on the phones with you folks, right after these short messages. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
bet your ass I'm the best you ever had. You bet your ass I'm the best you ever had. Folks, to celebrate Black History Month, 77 WABC is giving away free, limited edition, 77 WABC Black History Month pins. To get yours, all you have to do is go to wabcradio.com slash pin and celebrate Black History with 77 W-A-B-C, that's wabcradio.com slash pin for your free 77 W-A-B-C Black History Month pin. Of course, we will celebrate tomorrow on this show with a big guest list, Governor David Patterson, Ben Carson, maybe Roy White, as well as other folks like Bill O'Reilly and Valerie Bertinelli. A quick shout-out to the King of Williamsburg, my good buddy Joseph Nunziata, who's a dear, dear friend and a diehard fan of the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Bernie, this is Donna. She's in Garden City on line six. Good morning, Donna. Hey, Donna. Good morning. I just want to say you two guys are the strongest guys I know. Bernie, Thanks. you for going through what you are with such poise and Sid for holding down the fort while Bernie's thank you. going through this. Thank you. You're very kind, thank Donna. You so appreciate much. that. Yeah, we uh, both thank, appreciate thank you that. for listening and, you, and your very kind words. Yes. It means a lot to us. Thank you. We do both uh, appreciate that. Tina is in New Jersey on line eight. Good morning, Tina. How are you, sweetheart? Hi. Good morning. Hi, guys. Oh, I listen to you every day. Thank you. Um, so thank you for thank taking you. my call. You got it. Sure. So my son um, went to Rutgers School of Criminal Justice. And he joined the military, so I'm calling because I was listening to you guys saying that a lot of them join because they don't have, you know, lack of opportunity. Well, my son went to number six school in the country. He's a CID agent, and he is um, on call, 48 hours notice when wow. he gets the call to go to Germany because um, he'll basically be like, uh, you know, uh secret agent, special services to protect the generals over there. Wow. Well, listen, your son's a hero. That, that was the, the comment made by Bernie Emmy. That's a general statement. I mean, your son is a hero. You got a guy like Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman was making $3 million a year. Had the gorgeous wife, beautiful kids, big house, playing in the National Football League. The last thing he had to do was take a gun to a lonely cave in Afghanistan and die, which he absolutely did. So your son and uh, Pat Tillman, there's plenty of those guys, too. But I think the general statement, Bernie's right, in that most, most of these kids don't go to Rutgers and don't have the opportunities that your son had and or Pat Tillman. Is that fair to say, Bernie? That's fair to say. But uh, to her point, love of country and patriotism does play a large part. I mean, yes. if you don't love your country and you're not somewhat patriotic, even if, uh, y- you know, you need the opportunity – you're not going to join the military. So that, that element is there. To, in, in some people, it's there more than others, I guess. But yeah. uh, the opportunity part of it is huge, which is why the uh, Army, uh, you, know, uh, you know, holds that out, teases people. You can pay for college. You, you learn a trade. You're three years in the military, and then you're good to go. And a lot of people take advantage of it, and they should. And you learn a lot in the military as well. So... It's not a, a slap on anybody or, a, you know, a diss that it's just, oh, it's an opportunity to get a job and get some money. No, the again, the element of patriotism and love of country, no doubt, is there. 
Uh, so, so to clear that up. So what do you do now the rest of today? What's on the uh, Bernie McGurk schedule? Me? Uh, you know, I think I'm going to, it's going to be, what, 60-something degrees today? Yeah, but it's cloudy. It's like kind of rainy. It's not sunny. But yes. Uh, I'm going to do some uh, body surfing in the ocean. I love it. Love and, it. Uh, and then the I'm going to jump in uh, my hot tub. <laughs> I love uh, it. And that li- literally, by that I mean my bathtub in, the, in my bathroom. I'm going to turn <laughs> it up. Put on some hot water and get in a hot tub. Well, go enjoy the day, brother. Great show again today. we got a big show coming up tomorrow. I love you. We all love you. Thank you. Love you, Sydney, and, and the audience as well. Love being back, and uh, you guys are great. Everybody's great. The man, Bernard McGurk. We are back tomorrow morning with a big show celebrating Black History Month. So four or five big-time guests, including Bill O'Reilly. So from the whole Bernie and Sid crew, from all of us to all of you, until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, Thursday, here in New York City, Peace. Peace.